two, one. What's up, guys? What's up, man? What's going on, man? It's good to have you on, Nevin. Good to see you yes, back, Toby. Thanks for having me back, bro. It's a fucking it. pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, man. For Cheers. Sure. Good to see you guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sponsored by Marvel. <laughs> so you guys just got done with the show this past Halloween weekend, right? Yes, sir. Did. How did that go? Was it Inside Out? Yeah, it was, it was Inside Out. How was that? Badass, dude. Yeah, it was uh, like the Marvel one. Yeah, tons of people. Sick. Um, not too cold. We were kind of worried about that, but um, just because Inside Out is half inside, half outside. So yeah, I think in the when did it burn down? Do you know anything about I don't, that story? I don't know. There's a whole story about it burning down because it used to have a roof and then now it doesn't. And oh they turned shit! It into yeah, a whole I didn't venue. know that at all. I thought it was just built like that. I thought it was like just like an alley bar. Yeah, same. I thought they're just like this is unique. Yeah, but no shit. Because I remember because that was the first show of your guys that I went to um, was with Johnny Badluck yeah. and his uh, like launch party or whatever. <clears throat> but then it got rained out, unfortunately. Yeah, just for so, us. Just yeah. for us. Uh, Sad Montero and Johnny Badluck, but Badluck both got to go. They killed it though. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good show. Um, so I've heard the entrance of everybody else so how did you get in what's your what's your story behind getting into the slums oh geez um i think it all started when me and johnny got back from australia because we uh we studied abroad out there for like seven months i think and then um i think zach kind of told a little bit last time but once i got back from australia um johnny got his guitar and they kind of started learning stuff from there um but i think once once we got back, I didn't really talk to, like, Zach or, I think, because they lived in the East Side house is what it was called. And uh, it was I'm just going to check friend. the audio. Feel yeah, free to keep. Sure. Uh, it was our friend Willie, uh, Zach, and Johnny that lived in this house. And I would just go over there just to chill and just smoke and kind of, you know, just have fun over there. And then they would get, you know, kind of just be jamming. And I always liked to sing. I always kind of knew I could sing. Um, started from Young Life, you know, YL2 Night. That's where we started. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, after, after that, we kind of just started jamming, and we were like, well, we got vocals, we got guitars, and at that point, we all knew guitar, or we were starting to learn guitar, so there was like three guitar players in one band, which wasn't going to work, so someone had to pick bass, which was Zach, <laughs> and uh, I don't think, he definitely didn't want to, but Johnny wasn't going to either, and so Zach was like, fuck it, I'll do it. And uh, luckily he did it because he's got the rhythm. So <laughs> That's true. It's a good thing Zach ended up on bass. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Johnny took he's a got... while to learn his rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> he had, he's got it now, but at first it was a little... It was here and there. <laughs> yeah, Zach's, Zach's got a good rhythm. He's a good bass player. And like, Bring the mic a little, a little oh, closer. Sorry. No, you're good. I did this last time too. <laughs> but I remember when Zach like, got fascinated with bass. We were at um, Austin City Limits in like 2017 or something. And this was like way before like the band had even started and like Zach was barely learning that like his guitar and stuff. We had the craziest ACL lineup ever, dude. It was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jay-Z, I'm so jealous of that one. <laughs> Foster the People, um, oh, all kinds of people. Um, Russ, ASAP Ferg, yeah, Ice, Ice Cube. It was crazy, dude. I didn't even like I'd never been to a festival before, so I didn't know like that was like a like the shit of a lineup, you know what I mean? Cuz I think this year was like what like Miley Cyrus and yeah, well, <laughs> did you go to that one with us? No, no? we went go. to the last ACL and that was Machine Gun Kelly, oh, uh, Doja cool. Cat. Doja Cat's so fucking hot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, let's see what were the other ones. Yeah, Miley Cyrus was there. George Strait was cool to see. Um, 
I don't know who are the other big ones of that one. I'm not sure, but it was it was nice like going to that ACL. But like hearing about the one with Red Hot Chili Peppers, that's someone who I really want to see live. Red Hot Chili Peppers, bro, crazy. Well, because like I'm not the biggest fan of their music. There's really? a couple there's a couple of songs where I like I love yeah. and adore, but I would love to see them live just to say I I saw them live. Yeah, they're great because yeah. I've seen videos of their performances and it's out of this world, dude. Energy and they're older now and they're right. still yeah. kicking ass. Like they go around the stage like crazy <clears throat> people. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I saw Ozzy Osbourne in 2017, actually. He, he came through town with Stone Sour, Damn. and he still got it. Yeah. Like He's not like running around or doing the crazy shit he used to do, but he his voice is still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was insane seeing him live. That's crazy, because he's pushing like, he's like 70-something now. Easy. Right? Oh, easy. Like 72. Well, he had a health scare like three years ago, and we all thought he was about to kick the can, but he came out with a new album. Yeah, so. and he was, on, like, the, he was on the Post Malone's <laughs> album, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. I can't believe that guy's alive, like, just in general, after all the stuff he's done. He's, he's too stubborn to die. Yeah, for real. He won't kick the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, just the stories of Ozzy Osbourne, like, obviously, I mean, he got kicked out of Black Sabbath for being loaded all the time, and all those guys were loaded, too, so he was obviously, like, the, yeah. like crazy loaded. And then all the '80s stuff, biting heads off bats, and well, that was a mistake. Did you hear about that? Oh, I I did. Right? Yeah. So he thought uh, he thought that a prop guy gave it to him out of the crowd or from like wherever it came from, and he thought it was a prop, right? But it looked real, so he took the head off, and then blood went everywhere, and he's like, "Ah!" Yep. And that like solidified the Prince of Darkness, yes, like image. I guess that was a good thing, probably, like in the long run. I remember when I was watching The Dirt, uh, what it came out like two years ago or whatever, and then he was like snorting the ants off of that. I was like, what the fuck? And like licking this. (laughs) Yeah, that that means fucking wild. Well, and Sabbath is a very unique band that not a lot of bands can get rid of either their key person. Typically, the key person is going to be like their lead singer. Right. Not only get rid of their key person, replace them with someone who's arguably better. Mm -hmm. Because there's, I mean, there's definitely the two camps of who's better, Dio or or Ozzy. Yeah. But the Dio years are still amazing. Yeah. Some of Black Sabbath's best songs mm-hmm. are with Dio. Right. And what other group can you say that about? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm more of the, I, I like Black Sabbath with Ozzy more. Same. Just personally. Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I grew up on. You're right. Uh, volume 4 was one of my first rock albums I ever remember listening to. Yeah, hell yeah. And that's just absolutely, like when they, they remastered that two years, or a year ago. Right. And I lost my mind how happy I was. Does Volume 4 have Sweet Leaf on it? No. That's, um, that's their That's just the Black self-titled. Sabbath album. That's right? their self-titled one. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, volume 4 has got like, uh, like Wheels of Confusion, Supernaut, uh, uh, changes okay oh changes is a good one yes i like that song um i really like it's either the first one or their second album that has like fairies wear boots and um that's paranoid paranoid that yes. album is crazy because it's dude. got yeah so fairies wear boots but it's also got iron man yeah paranoid uh, paranoid yeah. and then uh war picks on the same album yeah yeah and there's insane another, there's another one on another big song on that one too well, that whole record is phenomenal yeah it's only like an eight song record right yeah and everyone's a banger mm-hmm. it got yeah. released as a two-sider and yeah because i remember a friend of mine his dad had the original pressing nice of paranoid yeah, and only had four songs on each side and yeah absolute insane yeah how, how do you release something like that and then how does their guitar player get the tips of his fingers cut off and then is like better at guitar <laughs> after that i watched that black sabbath documentary and i was freaking out like, most people would totally quit right there. Yeah. 
That's crazy to me. Toby's been on a real uh, Aussie trip right now. He's learning uh, Crazy Train. Yeah. The gem that I passed. God, pretty fucking bless. Fun. <laughs> I'm trying to get through the solo and get it perfectly before like we ever play it. I was going to say, are you guys going to like... Not the spoil things, but like, is, is that like if your next? Get, if it gets to the point, we'll definitely cover that one for sure. I'm pretty freaking close though. We get really? like yeah. 45 seconds to a minute in, and then Nick will do the whole drum part, you know. Yeah. And then and then when it, once it gets to the course, I like, teased Marble with it though. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, I was like, I think it was the show you were at. I started when we came back from break, you know. I started playing the intro riff, and like people got all pissed off when I stopped. That's all, what you were playing, yeah. right? Yeah, I heard at the back of my ears, like, is that? That's familiar. Yeah. I don't know what that <laughs> is. The That's a crazy real song train. right there. Yeah. <laughs> is there like a wish list? There has to be a wish list you guys have of covers that oh, you need to do before you guys. My do. biggest cover that I want to do, we were going to do it for a state, but that the podcast is brought to you today by organicpricebooks.com. Uh, I love comic books. That is absolutely no secret to any of my friends, family, or listeners. And right here is just some of the comics that I have either bought or gotten sent to me by the fine folks over at Organic Price Books. As you can tell, they have a wide selection from DC, Independent, Marvel, and they have become the number one spot for everything omnibus, oversized hardcover, or just general collected editions. No matter what you want, they've got it. Go to their website and at checkout, use our promo code, just my name, Noah, N-O-A-H, to get additional discounts on top of what they already offer, which ranges anywhere from 30 to 50% off. Organicpricebooks.com, use my promo code, Noah, N-O-A-H, and start reading comics today. That got canceled or whatever uh, was Mr. Brightside. Oh, shit. We have a lot of covers that we talk about doing. What's your guys' personal top three for the two of you? Um, mine would be, um, yeah, probably Mr. Brightside, and then uh, when you when we were young, or when when you were young, by the Killers. Okay, two Killers songs. Yeah, that's hard, bro. I keep trying to push "Smells Like Teen Spirit" because I just feel like the crowd would go crazy. Yeah, but we haven't got to that one yet. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the songs everyone learns for the first time right. on on the guitar. That's like, what they were Zach saying too, and that's a good point. that bucket song because Toby would play that. He calls him. Uh, Guitar Center Toby as soon as he plays well, that fucking riff because well, everyone in Guitar well, Center plays that Well, I would imagine again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in a band, obviously, but I would imagine like that's a good one to do for like band synergy. Yeah, right. The like, energy's just crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of good covers are pretty simple, so it's cool. You yeah. Know? Like all the some small of them things. Are really hard. <laughs> yeah, some are really fucking hard. <laughs> it kind of pushes us, but like all the small things, that's like arguably one of our most like high energy covers. Yeah. The song's so fucking easy. But no one cares. You know yeah. I mean, no one knows. No one in the crowd's like, oh, that song is easy. They just yeah. like Unless it. you're like a musician and you know how to play something, you don't know how easy a song actually is or how hard a song really yeah. is. <laughs> That's true. Well, what's cool about you guys doing songs like that, like all the small things, is oh, especially at that Marvel show that I went to, most of the crowd is our age, if not like maybe three to five years older. Right. So these are all songs that we absolutely adore. Yeah. But where, where are you going to see it live? And then now, like especially now, that Blink-182 is going back on tour, but the tickets are outrageously expensive. Yeah, the Ticketmaster thing. Yeah, like yeah. Where, where are you going to see that live, right. A, just in general, where are you going to see that live? And then B, where are you going to see it live and done well? Yeah. Because you guys did your covers well. Thank you. Yeah, it was done extremely well. <laughs> Thank you, man. We practiced, We actually spent a lot of time practicing the covers just because we don't want to like botch a song that everyone like knows and, like, yeah, yeah. we practice the covers more than our like originals for sure yeah well i 
it, it, does that come from a level of respect for the song? Yes, and also just we know our originals. You know, it's like yeah. it's yeah. we don't we don't need to practice them as much, and we need to fucking nail the covers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would suck to mess up a song that everyone like has a soft spot for. Yes, that'd be like that's how you lose a crowd easy. Yeah. Well, and then also too, I think we brought this up last time. Like if. Like what's so nice about those songs is even like the easy, like the quote unquote easy ones. Yeah. Right. You you, you can learn them fairly simply, but it you have to have the love for that song because mm-hmm. you bring that energy to it, you bring that passion to it, and that draws the rest of the crowd in. If you're just standing up there, you know, just regurgitating what a better band already did, right? No one wants to see that. True. But if you're if it's you are paying respect to a band that you love. Everyone else loves them, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, yeah, they're not Blink-182, but they obviously care. They're doing quite well. Yeah. This is an awesome time. Right, and then the nostalgia is there. Yes. Exactly. That's what we try to chase is nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get everyone having fun with covers, you know, they're more open to your originals. It gives you keep the energy up. You know what yeah. I mean? Actually, I uh, heard that in a Van Halen documentary that I guess when Van Halen was starting out in L.A., to play the clubs, you had to like play the top 40 hits on the radio. It wasn't like now where you can go play all your originals at like a brewery. Oh, wow. So they would have like a list of covers they had to play. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so what well, they would do is learn a shitload of covers, play them, and then sneak their own songs in. So I think that's kind of Well, cool. one of their best songs, You Really Got Me, yeah, is a cover. Yeah, my favorite Van Halen song. Is a cover. Yeah. So, of, the, of the Kinks, right? Yes. The Kinks, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. That's a good fucking song yeah so but what we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier about the Ticketmaster and well not incident it's a it's a racket it's a racket (laughs) but yeah so what's what kind of and that's kind of the uh, because like for me personally i really really love um run the jewels and rage against the machine and not so much rage against the machine anymore because of what they did politically. Yeah, because now they're rage for the machine. Yeah, quite, <laughs> quite literally. But right, it's but, fucking crazy. But, so that's a whole other subject. Yeah. But um, are you privy to all that? What they, what they? No, like, I don't know what's going on. Oh what's yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> we could go down a wormhole. But what's shit. sad? But what's sad is both of these bands and how much control they have over their ticket prices and all that stuff. Obviously, they can't control a right. lot of that. I understand that. However, both of those bands. Their big appeal and their overall message is the system is fucked. Right. <laughs> and the uh, basically stand up for the little guy, and the little guy needs to have the same opportunity as everybody else. Yeah. They announced this tour. Obviously, it was pre COVID and it got postponed. And well, they're going to do it again, but then uh, Zach uh, De La Roca, his throat got messed up, I think, something like that. Anyway, when the tour got announced, it was uh, like. Uh, like run the machine or rage against the jewels or whatever. Oh, that's what they meant. They blended it. Yeah. Yeah. Because on on a lot of run the jewels albums, they'll have a, a uh, feature with uh, Zach on it. Nice. And it's fantastic. I didn't know that at all. Oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's good. And um, the songs he features on are really good, but it gets announced. Everyone loses their mind. Floor tickets like in the pit mm-hmm. are like like down in Cruces, right? Because they're gonna come to they were gonna go to El Paso and then Cruces. Like okay, I'll go to the Cruces one. Okay, floor tickets for the Cruces show were eleven hundred. No, I'm sorry, twelve hundred. Okay, and that's like base. That's not like convenience fees right. and taxes and hidden fees and whatever, right? And then the cheapest like the nosebleeds and whatever like small. I'm pretty sure it was gonna be the College Stadium they were going to. Um, the cheapest seats were like 120. Damn. That's like way up. You don't really see too much. You're just wow. there to say you were there right. and buy the merch and walk away. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, man, really? 
Yeah. Like that's that's what you guys are gonna endorse. Right. And then now we're seeing that again with Blink One Eighty Two. They're that, coming back. That's worse. And it's like four or five hundred bucks for them to grass seeds. Yeah. The 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 lawn stuff and the nosebleeds are upwards of four or five hundred. The pits. <laughs> Whoa. God, they're going to Colorado. Yeah. And a friend of mine looked into it and not even the pit, but like the closer, like the actual seats yeah. are upwards of twenty two hundred bucks. Jesus Christ. That's for the blink one? Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. I heard that, like you were saying, they don't really have a lot of control over that. Ticketmaster just like scalps the shit out of people. Mm -hmm. But that's got to suck for Blink-182 to know that their fans are going to have to pay that kind of money to go see them. Well, and that's my point, is the, especially with Blink-182, the generation that grew up with them. The punk scene, Warped Tour. We are the ones suffering the most from the economy right now. True. Where are we going to pull <laughs> yeah. thousands of dollars out of our ass for, at the end of the day, they're a great band, their music is awesome. Yeah. But for three to four hours of entertainment, if that right, yeah. where are we gonna pull a couple grand out? Well, like, we were just to see them though, right? Like we're not at the age to where we saw them. Exactly. So yeah. now's our opportunity. <laughs> no, for fucked. real. Right. And uh, and we were before we started here. I was complaining that Tom Segura's tickets were hundred and ten dollars. I'm not gonna pull out for that. Right. Well, it's a special on Netflix. <laughs> right. No, seriously. I mean, dude, I think the Foo Fighters tickets that I got a couple years ago were only like. 70 bucks and that was a kick-ass fucking show you yeah. know what i mean that's like hours of non-stop amazingness so like, those pit what was that no that was just like i mean it wasn't it was grass mm. but still it wasn't 500 dollars for yeah. grass. you know what i mean <laughs> see and this is pre-pandemic these prices but the most i've ever paid it was 120 bucks each time i saw excuse me i saw i forget who the whole lineup was i know it was um Oh, fuck. Who was it? I'm totally spacing out, but the headliners were Vince Sevenfold. Okay. I saw them in the pit. Nice. And that's like seeing God. That was that was <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, I could picture you and Nick right there headbanging. Right I now. lost my... Oh, my God. That I was great. Bet. That sounds that, great. Yeah, that was great. Um, But I only paid 120 bucks. Okay. And that was well worth it for me. Yeah. Well worth it. And then the second time I was in the pit, um, I actually made it to the guardrail. So that was awesome. I saw Green Day. Nice. Oh, and that was 120 bucks. I would love to see fucking only 120 for Green Day. Yeah, dude, that's worth well, it, bro. I got, <laughs> I, yeah, awesome. no, I got them the like the day they went live. Yeah, I was like, yep, in debt, boom. Yeah, and then, um, that was a great experience that's too. Sick though, that was awesome. Yeah, I bet. But like, I think that's probably the most I'd pay. To be honest, yeah, 120, 150s where I'm pushing it. Any yeah. more than that, I'm like, okay, but, but why? Yeah. When you start getting up to like two, three, four hundred dollars, it's like or in the thousands. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's kind of like for anything. It's like I'm not paying that much for a one nighter event, you know. Yeah, well, no, unless exactly. I got the money to throw away. Well, <laughs> well especially now, it's like I, the way I gauge it is how much am I paying for rent? Okay, yeah. now how much are these tickets starting to cost? If I'm paying like half my rent bill <laughs> to go see other people play music that I could just turn up my headphones really loud yeah. and just enjoy. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I get that that's like really reducing it, but that's my gauge. Well, I mean, yeah. Cause you don't want to be like financially irresponsible, like 2000 bucks to go see a band for two hours. And then you're like, Oh fuck, I got to pay this credit card bill off for the next three months. Exactly. Yeah, if you're lucky. Was that worth it? Probably not. Yeah. Well, um, what's EDC? EDC is what? Like 1500 bucks for a three day really? package. I think. Three Something full like days, that. I guess it's still a little different. I still wouldn't pay it. <laughs> yeah, and that's not really my scene either. No, yeah, definitely not. I can't. And that's like, 
it's not like three eight-hour days. It's like three 24-hour days of fucking going crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do that. I, I I can do three to four hours of heavy metal, but I need to like go home and just right. recover for a week. Yeah. Well, my, I just saw at the beginning of the month, I went to uh, Slipknot, Ice Nine, and um, Crown the Empire. Nice. And my neck hurt for the week and a half after from the headbanging. Yeah, so that's I, I need to recover. I can't do three straight days of no music and extracurriculars and well, there's not no three, sleep. There's not like three full day festivals of heavy metal anyway, is there? That's probably too much shit to handle. Yeah, no, that's that's called a riot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Well, because they just did uh, the We Were Young festival yeah zach's girlfriend was there. yeah i'm yeah. pretty jealous of that i yeah, heard so that was, was pretty sick awesome. she yeah. said it was cool zach said that she said it was cool. yeah <laughs> so yeah i heard that was pretty cool it was funny because like everyone thought it was fake people, oh, people still put up money for everyone, it yeah the podcast is brought to you by one of our brand new sponsors bucked up nutrition look it's no secret that i love going to the gym fitness and nutrition is a huge part of my life and bucked up is partnered up with the podcast Help support it. I cannot be more excited. This is one of my favorite P workouts. It's a high stimulant nootropic. I'm hitting PRs today, so I cannot wait to use this. The Banff Black by Bucked Up Nutrition. They've also got, as you can see, some awesome clothing here. Um, I With my t-shirts, I personally prefer the low... Uh, short logo here. Use our promo code at checkout, OKPOD20, to get 20% off of awesome clothes, supplements, all their products here to include their stacks. That's OKPOD20, another awesome stringer here for an additional discount at checkout. But everyone thought it was fake. It's like one of those fire festivals. Exactly. Oh. And then the first day, like, like people, no, well, it sold out within 10 minutes. No way. Yeah. So, Holy, yeah, well, absolutely. they set up fake accounts, right? They did sell fake tickets, mm -hmm. just not from the main people. Like, it, right. they were they were ho like hoaxes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And uh, well, the first day, which was like I think two Fridays ago, mm -hmm. they uh, like people were at the gates, ready to go, canceled mm. due to wind. Oh no way! So yeah, postponed. So no, no, just... just canceled the day because it was gonna oh. be a Saturday. They had a Saturday and then a Sunday two weekends ago, and then last weekend they opened like another one. Mm -hmm. And that first weekend, day one, yeah, day one canceled oh. for wind. Yeah, for How wind. How fast was that wind? I have no <laughs> idea. I just know it was a wind advisory, and they're yeah. like, "Nope, can't do it." Oh, that's that can't play in the wind. And people <laughs> dropped like because because uh, I remember when the tickets first went live, my ex girlfriend, her sister, managed to get tickets, mm -hmm. and. God, for like four tickets, we all like we like chipped in, obviously. But for four tickets, it was like fifteen hundred, I think. Okay, thirteen hundred. Yeah. And um, yeah, they sold out in ten or fifteen minutes. That's nuts. And they, they weren't cheap tickets; like right. they were three or four hundred a pop. Yeah. And uh, you know, for that, for people to drop that kind of money, and then like the reason we didn't all go, mm -hmm. um, well, aside from the fact that her and I broke up before we could even go, but. <laughs> But even if, right, yeah. we decided not to go like four months ago, uh -huh. three months ago, because like we got the tickets great. And then we were looking well in advance uh, for a while at hotel rooms. And once the hotels found out what was going on that weekend, they hiked the prices. Uh, yeah. And like That's a single room was like $800. And Airbnb probably did the same thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Airbnb, VRBO. Lyft, Uber. Even like the little Motel 6s really? were like $400. Oh. Nothing fucks me up more than it when like an Uber 
Upstairs. When, when we have, exactly. I know when it. you're leaving a festival, you're like, let me just get an Uber real quick. It's like hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> no. so maybe I will drive drunk. You know what? Yeah, that <laughs> happened after the wine fest. We were trying to leave the wine fest, and Uber went from like twelve dollars a ride to like hundred and fifty. You're kidding? I swear. And the same thing happened to us in ACL. We were trying to like get out of there. And we had to walk for like fucking three hours. No, I was gonna say I'll, the wine festival here. Yeah, where, where was it held? Yeah, Corrales? Bro, uh, Balloon Fiesta. Balloon Fiesta yeah. I'll, I'll walk. Yeah, I'll walk. I don't I'll fight off the homeless. I, think I don't we care. Too far to walk. I walk a couple <laughs> blocks away from from it where Uber won't be fucking one hundred twenty dollars. Exactly. That's <laughs> oh my god, for real. Yeah, it's crazy. That <laughs> is okay. So branching off of that to just fucked up things happening. So raging against the machine. What happened was really at like the height not even like the height of covid but the height of the vaccines yeah when it became when it became really contentious so they announced their tour and this was with run the jewels and this was maybe three months after two Mm -hmm. months after right so the wound is still fresh of like the ticket hike prices right everyone's at each other's throats you should get the vaccine no i'm not going to get not the vaccine that, some people are getting fired for not getting it that's when they started rolling out the yeah. like healthcare workers are getting fired police officers are My getting fired. fired okay okay there you yeah. go so all these things are happening um and people are at each other's throats and here they come and here it comes rage rage against the machine the most anti-establishment band of all time like well, they represented punk well no they have a song <laughs> called and, fuck you i don't do what you tell me bro. exactly right <laughs> they said vax or don't come no mm-hmm. they announced for their tour in the <laughs> most the most tone deaf like social media anything ever yeah is uh and, and it wasn't even the venues it wasn't the uh, management it was straight from the rage band. against the machine wow. well because a lot of a lot of uh bands they just postpone concerts because yeah. they were like from a business standpoint let's say okay let's say 25 percent of the populace doesn't get the vaccine okay well that means we lose 25 percent of the people right. that aren't gonna or that want to go see our show so mm-hmm. we're gonna either postpone it until this doesn't really matter anymore because where are we now Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter anymore, right? Right. A or B. What they did is they postponed it enough to where um, the states. Let's be honest. The states took sides, and yeah. it's like, okay, if I'm gonna go to Florida, yeah, or to California, sorry, Californians, you gotta have the vaccine to go watch us play. But if I'm gonna go to Florida, you're good. The vin- the venue's gonna say no vaccine doesn't matter. You know, live your life, Still wear a mask, no mask. You know, you could lick doorknobs. Who cares? Mm-hmm. So most bands, stand-up comedians, you know, did the smart thing and they played in the middle, whatever, didn't take a stance. These guys, these guys decided to say, uh, our entire tour, you must be double vaccinated. And then when it came out, you have to have the booster. Uh, Yep. Yep. Like my dad, Rage Against, a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, said, fuck those guys after that. I have not listened to a single Rage Against the Machine song since. I we just played Bulldog Parade. Yeah, I don't <laughs> exactly. love that song. I know. Yeah, I love stick it that through the mind. <laughs> but you're right, dude. It's fucking stupid. Well, I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, and what's so well, and then what's funny to me is Run the Jewel stayed silent. Yeah, as, they, they, as you should. They didn't say anything about it. Yeah. Right. They're just like, oh, I think all they said was like, well, because by the time the tour got canceled due to COVID, they're like, sorry, no tour. Mm-hmm. But they stayed silent. And then, yeah, Raising the Machine, they stuck to it. And now, if you go to their Instagram page, you can't comment on their posts. Right. Mm. Have you seen that or not? No. Yeah. If you go to the, like, I'll show it to you real quick. If you go to their page, um, 
it's completely uh, the comments comments on this post are limited or whatever it is. Watch me find it real quick. Um, rage against <laughs> any bad comment. But here's the thing: it's not like it was like just some random sissy band. This is like the band that's supposed to be all against anti gov anti big government, anti establishment. Again, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. I won't do what you, you tell, tell me. me. Exactly. So this is a post they made from funny enough. So it was from five hours ago. Oh, shit. And it's celebrating 23 years of the Battle of Los Angeles, which is the album that has Killing in the Name. Right. Right? If you press on the comments... You can't, yeah. <laughs> uh, damn. Your voice doesn't matter. Nothing. <laughs> they completely sold out. Yeah, fuck yeah. Completely sold out. Like, and again... And on the other hand, Megadeth took the opposite stance. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a Megadeth fan? I, I I enjoy them enough. Yeah, me too. But Dave Mustaine was like opposite. He yes. He was like, whatever the fuck you want to do. What the fuck am I going to tell you to like? What right. Put like what vaccine you should take. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who thought that Redneck Metallica would be the ones to say, you know what? Who cares? Yeah. Live your life. Right. Well, and then what's sad too is on um on their Instagram page they don't even follow anybody anymore. So it's obvious mm. that like it's yeah. no longer the band doing it. It's their publicist. It's mm. their yeah. the record Try label. To keep the image. Whoever it is exactly. And it's like oh it's like keep their image. Like everyone knows. <laughs> they lost. Their they image. Lost their yeah, image. everyone knows who you are now. Yeah. Right. You, in my opinion, they totally lost their whole brand. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean. They have no brand solidarity now or whatever you would say it's like they totally flop 180 degrees so well it's just again i don't care like i got vaccinated yeah right i didn't get boosted because i, reg I regretted the vaccine <laughs> but like again like if you're if you're gonna make money off of an image that is fuck the government mm -hmm. and then you're going to like bend over for the government what what, what are we talking about here and I kind of never understood that as a kid because, like, I've been a Rage fan since I was a kid. And I never understood, like, Tom Morello wearing his, like, communist hat and all that kind of stuff. Like, the, all the communism stuff. Because I'm like, you yeah. made all your millions of dollars from a capitalistic music industry. Yes. Yeah. You couldn't have sold any records or made any money if you lived in fucking Vietnam during its communist party days. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I don't... It just seems like a lot of uh, hypocrisy yeah. to me. I mean, whether you're rage or not, I mean, just don't be a fucking sellout, you know? Fucking yeah. just stand up for yourself and don't go with what everyone's fucking saying, right. you know? Like, well, I, I feel like a lot of people respect that a lot more. Just stand just, for people's yeah. personal choices. That's yeah. all it is. Well, that's my whole thing. Oh, exactly. well, first and foremost. Whether you yeah. chose to or not. Like, yeah, personal choices, that should be at the forefront. Right. But, I mean, obviously there are artists and whether they're, you know, musicians filmmakers actors whatever that are on the far left i don't agree with mm -hmm. but i mean i'd like to get the benefit of the doubt and say you actually believe what you're saying and you're uh, vocal enough about it to say it. So it's like whatever dude like mm -hmm. live your life like a great example that i love to talk shit about so i'm going to is demi lovato that <laughs> woman is out of her oh mind. yeah i tried to tell my girlfriend yeah. this i was like why are you listening to <laughs> because my whole thing my whole thing is like okay <laughs> so so she so when it becomes nice and happy to do so, she assigns herself with the non-binary they, them, zer, whatever, right? That's who I am. <laughs> and, then, and then it becomes, no, I'm a, uh, what does she say? No, I'm actually gender fluid. And, I, and it depends on how I'm feeling. And then now she's like, no, I'm I back to identifying as a she. And it's like, I, that's just who I feel like now. And I'm like, and I hear people like backing that up. 
Yeah. Right? It's like, okay, let her believe what she wants to believe. But you realize she's a crackhead, right? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, that she's an actual crack fiend, yeah. like a recovering crackhead. Like I remember she had a really good episode on Rogan. Credit where it's due. Okay. She's very well spoken. Didn't see that episode. Yeah. She she had a very good episode on there. Mm. And but she admits to the brain damage yeah. and the mental illness. And she smoked so much mm-hmm. and like damaged herself so much mentally that her vision is impaired. She's legally blind. Damn. Like, if, if I'm remembering that correctly, at least in her, in one of her eyes, she was telling him how, like, you, like your face right now is blurred in the middle. I can't really make out what you look like completely. Mm-hmm. I don't drive anymore. I now have a personal driver 100% of the time. Where did that fall off? When did she... Do you guys remember? I don't... Because I never followed her career too much. I remember, she, what was her show? Disney. She was on Disney. Because well, she was on Disney. She did like the whole right. like Camp Rock thing. That's right. Okay. Right? And right. then she went the route of every other child star. Mm-hmm. Went insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then she took it to a whole other level and smoked crack. Yeah. I remember she OD'd on heroin. I remember that. Yeah. And then I remember hearing brain damage, all that kind of stuff. I don't know yes. if that's where it came from or whatever. And then, then after that, she kind of went a little... That's when she kind of do the gender fluid, all that kind of stuff. And... I don't know. Well, it, it's just it's just crazy to me that whenever you look at the populace of people that, um, that again, if you want to identify yourself with a different gender or if you want to assign yourself as this arbitrary made up sound that's coming out of your mouth, mm-hmm. right? Live your life. Sure. Whatever, dude. Free Seriously, country, right? I yeah, right. I truly don't care. Right. Right. My whole thing is when you try to impose that on other people and then you start demanding. Mm-hmm. That that is the truth. Right. It, and it's really that simple. I think you explained it good. You know what I mean? You can say whatever you want. It's like a free country. You're not hurting anyone. But when you start saying that <coughs> someone else has to accept that as like a scientific fact, it's where it just gets like, uh, no, we well, don't. Not even not even that far. But just as like you have to agree with it to be true. Just on a societal. Or to not get blackballed or. Right. right. Like, not to get blasted. I mean, you got to agree with what's right in the, you know, in, in the society's eyes, whatever. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, it's it's just insane to me that that is accepted now. And then, but the point I was going to get at is like, if you look at the demographic of people that do that, mm-hmm. you take that populace now probe that. How many of them have a severe mental illness? Most of them, if not all. And that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And then like from my own personal experience in the job that I just got out of, now I can talk shit about this place. So in this job that I just got out of, it's very sad. Right, it's very, it's, it's like it wasn't a good company. I hated working there. And if they're watching this, because I know I do a podcast, you know you suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna name drop them, but like you know who you are. Get your shit together. Yeah. But like one of the one of the cases I looked at as like okay, I like I've always had an idea that I'm correct, but I know that I'm correct now. Is so one of the houses that I met. So I worked in the supportive living field. Okay. Right. So it's like supportive living, caregiving type deal. Right. And these are people that like this program is called the develop, developmentally disabled waiver. Yeah. And so to get put on this waiver, you have to obviously have some kind of diagnosis or diagnoses. And most of them have like a, like legit anywhere between five to 15 diagnoses wow. of illnesses. And that's everything from like diabetes to bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Like it is a gamut of health issues right well, that's the other thing i was listening to a rogan podcast the other day and they were like what's the line because there are some people that 
consider themselves gender fluid, but they also have the like multi, uh, you know, personality kind of thing. Right. So it's like, yeah, right now I do feel like Stan, but then like a couple minutes later, I feel like Georgie, whatever. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, exactly. And one of the cases, so in one of the homes that I managed, um, we had an individual there who was a transgender and it was a male going to a female. Mm -hmm. And this person was getting hormones so mainly like testosterone and uh, testosterone esters and then hormone blockers, or I'm sorry, um, this was a male going to a female, sorry. So it was hormone blockers hmm. because they still got a little bit of like the testosterone esters put into them. So they're, they're literally like, so they're like their sex organs would work properly still and so on and so forth. But um, until the surgery happened, but um, they were pumped full of hormone blockers from the age of seven. Yeah. See, this is where I start. To get <laughs> Seven years old. Yeah. And not this okay. is and this is authorized by the parent. Yeah. Not okay. And then the adopted mother. Not okay. And then obviously the doctors that are doing it, right? right? So then, so my whole thing is like, okay, okay, this person is getting pumped full of estrogen, the minimal amount of testosterone to supplement what they're losing, mm. and then they're getting a ton of hormone blockers. Okay. Okay. Flash forward. Seven years old to 22, 22 years old in a supportive living home, excuse me, supportive living home, can't take care of themselves, operates like fully like motor function, speaks, dresses herself, themselves, whatever, eats properly, whatever. But the mental state is so messed up. They can't be on their own. Mm. Okay. Okay. Then you look at what's called a health passport. And this has all their diagnoses. Mm. Major depressive disorder, anxiety, mm. schizophrenia, paranoid, uh, paranoid schizophrenia, sorry, um, bipolar disorder. Um, oh, fuck. There was one more mental thing that I'm forgetting about. And then, and now just due to health problems and diet issues like diabetes and all this stuff, right? But I look at the mental stuff and I'm like, are we not going to draw a straight line to... We're going to mess with the entire endocrine system, which connects or which is, um, which is first produced in the brain mm -hmm. and then delivered to the rest of the body. And I forget what gland it is in the front of your brain. Pineal um, gland. Yeah. in the pineal gland, because, uh, like with my testosterone problems, Toby's a doctor, my fucking, <laughs> my doctors, well, not my doctors, the head of the endocrinology department at the hospital I was going to thought I had a fucking tumor. And oh, in, in wow. that in that gl in that gland, because how yeah, because of how low my test levels were. Dang. Oh yeah. So that's where all your hormones are produced and then shot through like the that's body. That's the only right? explanation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's well, no other thing that could be happening. Right well, now. that's like oh, I mean, that's a whole other story for sure. But like after all the tests we did, long story short, like that's what they came to. Yeah. It's like okay, now we're gonna do a brain scan because what is wrong with you? Thank God there was no fucking tumor. Jesus. But yeah. So anyway, they you know you, you pump this kid through. The, all these hormone blockers. And then well, now here we are years later, over a decade later, and they have all these mental issues. Are we not going to see the causality here? Mm -hmm. Well, right. also, they don't, uh, no one talks about like the people that like regret doing all that kind of stuff. Like, let's the ones they're that, starting to. Yeah. Thankfully. Finally. Yeah. And I mean, like, if, if you want to change from, you know, from either sex, like, go for it, whatever, like, good for you. But I mean, but at a young age, and then when when you it. do regret it later on, or like if you do regret it later on, that that fucking sucks. And it's like there's no going back. I think the 
the way I've come to think about this is pretty simple. It's like, like we were talking about earlier, free country, you're an adult, you can do what you want. You know what I mean? If you want to be transgender or identify as this or that, cool, right? But leave pushing it on kids oh, out of it. Oh, feed trash cans right over here. Oh, sorry. Leave pushing it on kids out of it. You know what I mean? That should not be being pushed in schools. That should not be being normalized for children to have, you know what I mean? Hormones being pumped into you at seven years old. That's right. Just to me is so wrong that I don't understand why that's even thought of as okay right now. Right. That disturbs me. I'm like, a seven-year-old? They don't. They Can't don't, even smoke nicotine yet. They don't know what. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not. They don't know how it's going to affect the rest of their life. Well, because my whole thing too is like I remember as a young kid. Because it made me really think back. Like, how did I act as a kid? Mm-hmm. And. Like, because, like, one of the things they talk about now is, like, well, if a kid plays with, like, Barbie dolls or action figures that aren't completely masculine, maybe they're fucking, uh, maybe, maybe they're transgender, right? Maybe they're, like, they're exerting, or they're displaying these feminine traits, maybe it means this. Well, I think back to, like, when I was in preschool, I've always loved action figures, right? I'm, I'm a fuck, I'm a nerd, right? Dude, they didn't have action figures at my... Uh, at my preschool that I went to. So I pretended that Barbie was Batgirl. Yeah. Right? right? But if you look at that from an outside point of view, it's like, what does that mean? Right. It's ridiculous to me. And then, and like, at one point in the kid... You don't er, make the a, call right there yeah, and there either. A, as a kid, I wanted to be a cowboy. The next day, I wanted to be Buzz Lightyear. And then the next week, I thought I was Superman. You're a child. Like, what? what? So if we're going to assign it based on their, uh, their actions... Are you going to pump me full of Trin as a seven-year-old to <laughs> right. make me Superman? Exactly. I like, just leave the kids out of all this stuff. You know yes. what I mean? That's my, that's what it boils down to to me. Well, and it, it makes a lot of people mad when I say this uh, in conversation, but I'm starting to believe it more and more mm. personally. Like, so we know now that the brain really doesn't form until the age of 25, mm. right? And that's starting to make me think like, well, maybe the like age of like the the age of like what like whether it's using certain substances uh the right to vote stuff like that maybe maybe not all the way up to 25 maybe being a legal adult shouldn't be 18 years old maybe you shouldn't be a teenager and considered an adult because what 18 year old can make their own decisions let's be honest well i think and i also think it just depends too like it's not black and white there's a lot no, of not. very mature 14 year olds and there's a lot of very but why are they, 28 year olds but why are they mean? mature that at that, that age nine times out of ten why are they that mature i think a lot of time it's upbringing it's upbringing and it's trauma sure right yeah. it's they grew up in a broken home they grew up without a parent both parents mm-hmm. they grew up in a foster system that's the thing there's so many variables exactly it's not black and white exactly you know? but the, but the idea that we're gonna allow these kids who and, and obviously there's people now, there's grown adults that are transgender and it works for them. Mm-hmm. More power to you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's and America. Do what it, you want. Yeah. yeah. And, and hindsight's 2020. Right. And they're like, oh, I've always known as a kid, and I've always known. And we but don't take that as the rhetoric. Yeah. Because me. they are not the rule. They are the exception. They had an idea as a kid, you know what I mean? They thought, you know, but yeah. they weren't sure of it until they were sure, you know? And that takes time. And I just think making that decision as an adult is your right, but as a, being that pushed on you as a child is just a recipe for disaster. For and sure. everyone grows up differently. Like I had three sisters. Right. You know, there's a lot of times where my dad was gone, and it was like my mom, three sisters, very feminine household. You know, yeah. sometimes I was I was in dresses for fun. You know, just like yeah. with my sisters playing and shit like that. Yeah. But that shit won't. You know, like my dad wouldn't really like that a whole lot. You know. Yeah. It's like you know, you're you're a dude. You gotta you gotta you can't be wearing dresses and shit. 
But um, it, it just depends on, you know, so your surroundings and shit like that. Well, and the other part of this that really bothers me is these are all medical issues, mm-hmm. right? Whether they're physical health, mostly mental health. Right. But we start going under the knife. Obviously, it's a physical health thing. Mm-hmm. And all of it has become so politicized. So unbelievably politicized. And now we're entering that special time of the year where our state is about to elect another governor. Well, let's be honest, not another governor, the same governor. I fucking hope not. Let's be honest, dude. It's going to be here. Like, no it's it's going to be Grisham. Let's be honest. I'm not going to vote for her. I know. I, now, that's not necessarily saying I'm going to vote for Ron Ketty either. Going on. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not sold on Ron Ketty by any means, yeah. but I'm, I know I'm not going to vote for Grisham. Absolutely fucking not. And, and that's not even from like a political thing, because I'm not well-versed enough in her policies to or like what she's running on or what any of that. I'm really not to be able to say... I don't like her because of her stance on blank or because she stands against blank. What I do know is that we are dead last in everything that matters. That's what I was going to say. Because like now they're starting to cover um, or they're starting to include Washington, D.C. in all of the uh, the statistics. So we're 51st, (laughs) right? In like education, Education. we're 51st in... um, And we're we're not 51st in this, but we're very close to it in child poverty and child mortality. Right when when you break down education, we're fifty first in science and math. There's more than fifty states, everybody. Well, because they're counting DC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we are at the very bottom of the totem pole in everything right. that matters. But in all of the worst things, we're in the top five. Yeah, crime, poverty. For me, I'm like, I don't fucking care what your stance is. Look at how Albuquerque looks right now. Look at how it's been throughout her whole term. There's nothing Dead to do here besides drink, homelessness, poverty, lack of jobs. There is a huge crime epidemic, a huge drug ep- epidemic. She shut down small businesses during COVID, but left big businesses open. And then, like, her ad says she stands for small businesses. I got to be real, like, though. Fuck off. I got to be real. Like, I want to dig on her for the shutting down a small business thing in the state. I want to dig on that. But so did everybody else. In all fairness, so did everybody else. Maybe not to the same extreme. Maybe not as long. We were locked down. That's what bothers me, is that we were locked down some of the harshest lockdown procedures when comparatively we didn't have the infection to justify it. You know what I mean? Like we didn't have the infection rates. We didn't have the, the death rates to really population. right to justify it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's crazy to me too is, and I, I admittedly didn't learn enough about like the geopolitical side of New Mexico, like literally like the geographical politics of this state until I had to interview Jay Block who was running for governor. Um, he didn't make it. Obviously, he didn't win the primaries. But he was one of the candidates. And so I was like, so I crammed like it was a history exam. Yeah. And then I had to cram real late the night before. And it dawned on me. I was like, okay. And for anyone living in, or living outside of New Mexico, really, well, not even really, like statistically, most of our population lives in Santa Fe, Albuquerque, and Cross Cruces. Yeah. But 75% of our land in the state is all rural. Right. And then, but so 75% of the land is rural, but 100% of the politics is ran by three states right. or three cities, three cities yeah. which is ridiculous to me. Right. It's absolutely insane. Right. And, and the fact that all the, these three cities control the, control the politics and control like what happens to everyone else out there. It's like, oh, it's not my car. Me too. <laughs> That's Albuquerque. I got an alarm. By so the way. Well, especially <laughs> when everything south of Albuquerque is red. You know what I mean? Yeah. Farmers, 
people doing industrial work. You know what I mean? People that build New Mexico. I know. Should we look? Might have to take a check. Yeah, let me. Okay, yeah, let, let me look it. outside. Just give me a second. <laughs> if a motherfucker. Get the strap. Get one of our cars. Get the blade. <laughs> that would, that would bug. Okay. All good? All good. What was that? A loud exhaust scared a car. Yeah. Scared a car. <laughs> Well, it was funny because like I used to shoot this podcast, uh, literally, because we're in the valley right now, yeah. but ten minutes down central that way okay. is where I used to shoot the podcast, right? right. And um, it would not be abnormal if we shot too late at night to get like I would hear in the recording as I'm editing it, I hear like the gunshots oh, in the background. Yeah, dude, I'm so numb to that <laughs> shit now. I hear the gunshots. I hear like police sirens going yeah. off in the background. Oh, oh, that's Albuquerque. I'm so used to that. I'm well, so that's the thing. That. We played. What was it? Three weeks ago, we played this one place called. Uh, Eclipse, and it was we've never we'd never heard of it. We've been a band for three years already. Yeah. Where's that at? It's the off uh, Zuni and uh, Central. Yeah, so very. You know the the hard thing about that. It's a that's a bold choice. It's yeah. a gentleman. Yeah, and uh, there's nowhere to go out after. The, I think the thing about having a successful venue is having a place to where you can go out after. You know, whether it's clubs nightlife. or something like that. After Safe that, some nightlife. kind of nightlife. Yeah. yeah. Safe yeah. <laughs> nightlife. Right. You don't want to but, leave launch pad and get stabbed. But at that spot, <laughs> you know, you would have had to drive all the way downtown, which is another 15 minutes just oh, to yeah, do easy. anything. I mean, well, that's one of the only things, like, nightlife-wise, that's the only good decision. Whoever made the decision to do this, again, the only good one, is from Thursday night, like, in the nighttime, Thursday to Sunday. Well, some Sunday nights, but definitely Thursday to Saturday. They just block off Central. I love yeah. that. That is That's one cool. of the best. Granted, so is it smart. is it a perfect solution? Maybe not, but not bad. It, it's a band aid that's lasting a lot longer than it should have. Did that? It's when did that happen? Inconvenient for parking, but for safety, it's yeah. way yeah. better. Because the, you know, when they sat around that boardroom, they were yeah. like, "Okay, um, what are we gonna do? do? Just <laughs> let, let let the drunks run wild. Just block it off. Yeah, get the APD down there. Get They're not answering calls anyway. It's better than people getting hit by drunk drivers on Central. It's better yes. than drive-bys. It's better than True. all that nonsense. You know yeah. what I mean? It's better just to have people walking from. Um, venue to venue, bar to bar, it it solves a lot of problems. Is that so a that recent thing when they close down? Central? I feel like it's been like no, that for years. They've been doing that for a while, yeah, yeah. at least four or five years. Right? Ever yeah. since I've been down there, it's always been same. Like that, so. since yeah, been they've been doing that for a while. And then post COVID, I, I can't remember if it was the episode uh, I did with you and Zach, or if it was the last one I did with uh, Nick and Leroy. But one of the best things to come out of that post COVID was the art walk. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That like, thing's awesome. That is one of, like, that's one of the last, like, dying breaths of this city is the art walk. Did like, you ever it, hear our story of the art walk? Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> so, so uh, it was right when COVID started. And, right uh, when it started. And, and it was also right oh, when I think this. I think out. Oh, dude, if you're out, I'll bust out tequila. I don't care. Oh, do tequila. it. Do it. Let's okay. do it. Hey, yo. Okay, I'm going to tell yeah, your no, story so everyone can hear. For, okay. Do you want a glass? I'm okay. You guys good? Yeah. I'm good for now. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, when the art, I think Artbox started right when COVID started, right? The first one, yeah. Yeah. And um, Victoria, props to her. She kind of set everything up. And uh, it was us, Sade, um, a DJ, and, and someone else. Decon. Anyway, so it was right behind Al Ray. And uh, we like got this big old stage together, and it was a big COVID thing, <laughs> and uh, it was right when COVID was starting. Yeah. And we like weren't supposed to be playing, but it's an outside show, so we were like, you know what? We'll Let's get away with it. it. Like we gotta, <laughs> we gotta keep the band going, basically. And um, 
so we like got on stage we had like a great time there's like barriers and everything like that and then we made the actual news (laughs) yeah because uh one of the people that were like taking pictures or whatever and it was just like you saw pictures of everyone just like real close no masks nice in the like high to covid (laughs) so they go on i don't know if it's kob or whatever news channel and they're like covid super spreaders <laughs> we, we thought we made the news for a good reason <laughs> <laughs> these band <laughs> causing havoc yeah so but we were, we were it was pretty cool you know we were on the news you know so what? We, we spread that, that we haven't talked about in a long time uh-huh. that I kind of forgot about when covid first started like month one right they shut down all the venues we could play at and so we were like well, we gotta do something so we oh, yeah. we did a bootleg gorilla show on the roof. Yeah, we did a pack. roof roof show. You guys were one of those. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. We're like the Beatles in '69. <laughs> yeah. bro. We, we were, were like, hype. We straight up hoisted the drums up with a rope. Dude. Yeah. So Johnny Johnny has building. an apartment. Yeah. That is right next to launch pad. Or basically, like we could go from his roof and we do it all the time. We go from his window onto Launchpad's roof. Yeah. So we, it was beautiful. easy to get awesome. everything else. Yeah, <laughs> this is cool. beautiful. Yeah. We're able to get everything except for the kick drum up. So we had to hoist that. With a, <laughs> yeah. like a bunch of fucking pirates. <laughs> yeah. So we're, yeah, we're in the back of exactly. the fucking Launchpad with the kick drum hooked to some fucking rope and a carabiner. And we're like, me and Johnny and Nevin are like pulling that shit out. So we didn't have any permission at all. Well, yeah. Nobody. Okay, I have a backstory to this yeah. too, so continue. Yeah, so no permission at all. So we're trying to be stealthy because we're like, if, if Launchpad here's that people are walking on the roof they're gonna fucking say some shit and everything's gonna be fucked so we were like we had to be real stealthy and we had everything kind of back to where you couldn't see it until it was time to play yeah and so when it was time to play we drug everything out to like to the front and then uh we like only played 20 like, extension cords yeah. out the window beautiful yeah, but we awesome. like but we also made sure not to ruin the roof we put mats down yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? we were conscious yeah. of not doing any damage we, we were scared of play. falling through it for sure yeah. uh, i <laughs> would be too those or places falling off we were playing on the edge those places haven't been serviced since like the 40s yeah, yeah. so yeah. i yeah the one right next to it you know burnt down so <laughs> yeah. i don't know how, how safe <laughs> the other one and is. i think we were just in the headspace of like fuck we're doing this and everything stopped we gotta do something yeah right. you know what i mean yeah. so we're like all right everyone there's no up shows the parking lot we'll play on the roof, you know so well because yeah. what was funny so what's funny about that is i thought you guys were one of the bands that did it right because there were there were like like three or four that i heard about oh really that were they playing, copied us that were playing <laughs> these rooftop shows <laughs> they right? copied us bro yeah and then um so a couple of my so when i right when i started this podcast and it was it was uh october november ish of 2020 of 2020 that's when it was october yeah that's when we did it mm-hmm. so i start having uh two of my buddies that are local rappers mm-hmm. right and they they didn't want to say anything on camera I mean, and god bless them for thinking i had an audience at that point not that i do now but like god bless that they thought i had one back then right oh my goodness but i remember they told both of them told me off camera they're like hey man just uh, don't tell anybody but if you're down uh we're doing a couple of uh kind of like underground no like back literally back alley (laughs) uh behind venue shows nice because all these fucking rock stars are on the rooftops doing their stuff (laughs) so while they're doing that we're going to be down here doing our stuff (laughs) don't tell too many people because we'll definitely get around and one of the one of the shows that they did got busted and like four people got arrested damn yeah we had a we had an escape plan. Well, <laughs> right through Johnny's window. We were just gonna hide. We were gonna lock the doors and be gone. <laughs> no, but what happened was there was a DJ outside on the sidewalk for like inside oh, true, out yeah. or launch pad, 
And I remember we were like, fuck, there's a DJ going. We didn't calculate that in the plan. We're like, people are going to show up and they're not going to be able to hear us. There's a DJ playing. We started jamming, answering up to 10, drums going crazy. DJ just stopped and let yeah. us play. Beautiful. <laughs> I look like, like you're the man. This is when the artwork first started. So the art walk was literally just walking up and down Central. Right. And literally from the freeway all the way to what? Probably 4th Street, 7th Street, whatever. I guess. Whatever it was a little is. bit past 4th. Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. just packed with people, packed with vendors, you know, just local, you know, artists and all that kind of stuff, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, we were trying to basically capture that crowd. Yeah. And just as they were walking by. And we did. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't play very long because we were scared of getting arrested. Exactly. Yeah. So we only played like 30 minutes. And it kind of was a bummer because by the time people oh, that's, got there, that's we're like on an opening. Song. That's like an opening set, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. and I, I heard stuff like that, and I was like, okay, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> There's still people in Albuquerque with balls. It was just persistence and, like, some fucking rock and roll shit. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, you were raged against the machine when they couldn't be. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. what are you going to do? Take notes, Rage. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this, Rage, <laughs> you're a bunch of pussies. <laughs> but what's, what's crazy to me about the art walk is the amount of people that showed up. Yeah, yeah. man. And that consistently show up and it's growing well it's because there was say, nothing to bigger do. for sure there was nothing to do on those on the it started with like first four friday. o'clock on fridays yeah what do you do well that's you know? fair right and that, and that's that's totally fair right. but maybe this is a just my own point of view maybe it's a, i'm in the minority but if you were to tell me if you were to pitch me that idea mm-hmm. or it's like hey man uh from about yeah it's so like four o'clock five o'clock in the afternoon to about eleven eleven thirty, twelve o'clock <laughs> yeah. in the morning. There's gonna be an event where a bunch of vendors are gonna show up, it's gonna pack out central, bars are gonna be open, mind you. Mm-hmm. Food trucks are still gonna be there, all that kind of stuff, but it's gonna be venues up and down, and this is provided they show up, like the vendors, right? Provided these vendors show up. And we're gonna have them pack central, and you're gonna walk up and down just in, and enjoy what Albuquerque has to offer. I'm gonna look at that and I think, okay, that's a great idea. The location though. Yeah, mm. can we put that somewhere else? Yeah, where would you put it though? Exactly. Well, that's my <laughs> thing, right? It's like that's the perfect place to put it, if not for the crime. Yeah. If not for the homeless issue, and the homeless issue breeds crime, wow. breeds drugs. You know what I mean? Like that's that was my worry about it. But then I went down to the art walk the second time they did it, because my friend uh, Sarah, she runs a pottery company, and she was yeah, down Sarah there. Gunther, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Peanut Pottery because yeah, man. her stuff is amazing. She grinds for sure. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing at what she does. That was my sister's old roommate. I think we talked about, about that last yeah, time. We so. talked about that last yeah. time. Yeah, because I've I've known her for that's like 20, 2015, 2016 ish. Yeah. And so for a bit, and yeah, for sure. That's and a so while. so I went down there and. Um, her and her boyfriend were running the booth yeah. and it was great. What was great was like, I went to go down and support them and, you know, see what's up. And mm-hmm. cause I had bought stuff from them before, but it was, I wanted to see what, what they look like, like in the wild. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So to see them set up, they're loving what they're doing. All the other vendors are having a great time. Yep. And, but not only that, but it wasn't like, like a scarce flea market. It was Packed to the brim, yeah, man. With yeah. people, we sold merch at the Art Walk too. Yeah. We set up, set up a table. That's awesome. Drink yeah. some beers. Well, and- a buddy of mine, uh, he's a uh, he's a stand-up comedian. His name is Buck. Well, his stage name is Buck D. Um, he runs a podcast himself. Okay, and they did a live podcast on the, on the last Art Walk. Oh, that's you said sick. that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's. Cool. And I love that. Or is that the guys that you were saying that went to like Revel and would do live stuff too? No, so the, that's the uh, the April Fools. So shout out to oh, them. Oh, okay. They right, they just right. had me on their 
on their podcast, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But it's uh, a podcaster on a podcast. It's like <laughs> yeah, that that was my fourth guest spot, I think. Oh, nice. On on being on a podcast, fourth, fifth, or, no, fourth. That's gotta be cool. A little table change. It's fun. Yeah, it yeah. is because like I'm feeling. I'm feeling less of the pressure now the more that I do. I try to do this at least once a week. Right. Um, I feel less of the pressure now doing this, but like whenever I'm a guest, it's like, yeah, I have no responsibility. I can say anything. I was telling Nevin as we were walking in, like Zach and I had a blast here. Yeah. Well, I pre and I appreciate that. Yeah, it was fun, man. Like we had like a. I feel like we had, and this is just my perspective. Hopefully, you feel the same way. But I felt like we had just like a legit chill honest like conversation yeah. for like yes no like I, I agree said, the time went by it was fun it wasn't awkward that's Ooh, man. that's one of the best things about doing this is more often than not um we'll have our conversation the episode will go by and it's like okay well thanks for, for coming on but we we finish yeah and then you look at the time yeah dude and it's like <laughs> that was three hours <laughs> what bro what we talk about <laughs> yeah and that's what me and zach were kind of worried about when we left like <laughs> We said no. a bunch of stupid Did we say shit? anything of interest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope we weren't boring everyone. Well and, that's the, well, and that's the beautiful thing about this is like not everything. Like, don't get me wrong. I still get notes about a couple of conversations that I've had that were like super like dark or like mm. super serious, right? That like resonated, with, whether it's because of like mental health issues, drug addiction issues, yeah. stuff like that, or really some like Albuquerque problems. Mm -hmm. I'll get some feedback on that. But a lot of what resonates with people that I'm finding is, and and really it, it makes a lot of sense because the reason why, the whole reason why I started this thing was because I listened to Post Malone's episode on Rogan. Good episode, and by the way. It's great. And for anyone who's listening, um, forgive me because I've told this story like 50 times, but you know, I, um, if you want to adjust like the way that it goes up and down, that's that knob there. And then the extension of it is on the back right then whatever you want to do we are good um so i want to get i want to get those regular boom arms that kind of just like it's like a circle comes up and goes like that that's that's what i want to get i'm not yeah. a huge fan of that thing um i spent way too much money on it but <laughs> yeah, i like it <laughs> Thanks, it works man. good it works great but the uh the reason i started this whole thing is i listened to post malone's episode when i was working at this old warehouse okay and for the first like hour of it it's really cool. It's like Post Malone and his music, yeah. his his uh, his process. How does he go about things? Was like to perform in front of thousands and tens of thousands of people. That's great, but it's a three and a half hour episode, I think. So like the uh, okay, so to prevent that, if you want to just like Nevin's got to figure out these knobs. Guys, I I work a microphone all the time. Yeah. All right, <laughs> don't let this fool you. I know how to work a microphone. You <laughs> and then it just makes sure it's like it's level. I know yeah. like there's a couple things under the mat that make it unlevel or like not steady. So anyway. Sure it's a, it's like a three hour something episode right so there's a huge chunk of it in my opinion if you were to write all of it down there's not a lot of substance <laughs> right it's a lot of stupid shit yeah. but what? what's so cool about it is these two guys are so invested in the conversation they're having a great time and in my opinion the best podcast makes you feel like you're there with the people yeah oh, yeah right Definitely. and that's why that's for sure well that's why video was so important to me yeah and so when you're able to do that and you provide that to the to the audience, they feel like they're in the conversation with you. Right. 
And so and I've had people tell me, like, man, did I even say anything that's like worth listening to? And I was like, that's not for me to decide. Yeah. There's, the people decide. <laughs> yeah. There's someone who's going to listen to that and think that was fucking awesome. Right. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I like listening to podcasts and actually watching them. You yeah. Know, like Rogan or I watch uh, It's Always Sunny podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, they and they call uh, anyone who watches them, they call them creeps. <laughs> um, but I fucking love it. I don't know if anyone watches It's Always Sunny out there, but that's my fucking shit. Do you watch It's Always Sunny? So I, I, I haven't watched a whole lot of the show, but uh, my ex introduced me to the podcast that they do, yeah. which is phenomenal. Yeah. And I want, and just because like my whole thing is I don't have time to sit down and like watch a whole lot of Because like a lot of the movies that I watch now, are really tied to my film school that I'm doing. Yeah. So that's a lot of my watch time, unless there's something like big that comes out in the theaters. Right. Like um, I'm morally obligated to see like every comic movie that comes out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, I actually just watched uh, Dawn of the Dead. They re-released that in the theaters in 3D. That, that's, I love the re-release, bro. <laughs> that I saw was the re-release cool. of Saving Private Ryan Ooh, for the 25th anniversary. How is that? Crazy. I was sitting there, <laughs> the D-Day scene comes on, and I was like, this is intense. That's just them putting it in the movie theaters again? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, I feel yeah. like they'll do it for like a 25th anniversary. Okay. And so I saw Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List <laughs> in the theaters, both re- as re-releases for 20th anniversaries or whatever. Obviously, both amazing Spielberg fucking movies. I always watch Saving Private Ryan when I just want to feel something. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of the only movies that has ever made me cry. Well, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. My favorite Vin Diesel movie. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Have you seen 1917? Yes, I did see that movie. I liked it. I'm mixed on how I feel about it. Really? Was Was that the British one? No, that's yeah. Dunkirk. That's oh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. I hated Dunkirk. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of Dunkirk either. I was so bored yeah. the whole time. And I love Christopher Nolan's movies. Me too. But I was just like, eh. like, that's one of those movies where it was extremely well made, but like a lot of things are happening, but nothing happens. Yeah. Like they get to the objective and they save the guys, but like I wasn't all that invested. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was the story structure and the way they kept switching. Maybe it was too quick for me. I don't right. know what it was. I just watched it for the first time. And I remember sitting <laughs> at the time, I had my little 400 or like 490 square foot apartment. Yeah. And so I'm sitting in my futon. Nice. And I, I popped it in and like an hour and a half in, I'm just looking at my phone like, how much longer? Oh, oh my it was a long movie. God. Too. That's how I yeah. felt about Batman, the newest Batman. Oh, oh dude, I did not God. like it. What? Batwoman? No. Oh, that girl can do anything she wants oh, to yeah. be. But, but, <laughs> but Batman, the movie. I kept was, waiting I for it like to it. end, dude. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, we were talking about the same one, right? With Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Pattinson. Dude, it was my least favorite Batman. You're kidding. <laughs> well, actually, it's one of my least favorite Batmans. No. Okay, so before I say what I have to say, yeah. why, did, why didn't you like... Did and I you know like you're it? a Batman no, guy, so like I'm it. not trying to offend no, you. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm interested. So for me, um, he was not a superhero at all. Okay. There was, And there was one scene in particular where he flew off of a building. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. And he, he yeah. like squirrel dived or whatever, and then he Ain't crashes. Shit. And I was like, that's that was not to Batman. Show, that was to know? show that he's a normal human being. And, that's, and maybe that was their whole point of that whole movie. That was but that point. is not Batman for me. Batman but, is superhuman, and he can land that shit. <laughs> you know? To me, Christian Bale is just Batman now, yeah, sure. and I just can't get over it. Yeah. Not to you? Like Ben Affleck. What did you like about Bro, who's, like this who's battering Batman? is behind you? Yeah, you're Who's right. Batmobile okay, okay. is behind right. you? But you gotta give it to me. The Christopher Nolan trilogy is amazing. Come on. Come on. So like this new here's here's how I view the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Batman begins is the best Batman movie ever made. I think Dark Knight and then Batman begins. Dark Knight. The here's Joker, why the Joker. Here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Because Batman begins, it takes enough inspiration from the comics. 
that it's still recognizable, right? right? It's this is still because you can throw. I mean, look at Batman and Robin. You can throw George Clooney in a bat suit and call it Batman, but that's not Batman. Yeah, that's if you want to watch campy Batman, watch Adam West. Like that's your campy Batman. Adam West was TV Batman, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's your campy Old 60s like Batman. yeah, slapstick stupid Batman. Watch that because there's still a level of realism. There's still a level of humanity to that Batman. Was that the one with Jack Nicholson? No. Jack no, that's Michael Keaton. Okay. Um but that's like the with Tim Burton. Yeah. Jack. But with George Clooney that's very poorly made. It's Val very Kilmer was Batman too, huh? Yeah, that one wasn't bad, not great, but it was okay. But yeah. that Batman and Robin was it was if you watch the interviews with George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell, they literally they admit that they made that movie to sell toys. And you see that. Yeah, I mean. And you see that in the in, in the way the Batmobile is designed, in the way the henchmen for uh, uh, Mr. Freeze and, po- and the way Poison, Poison Ivy's Ivy, made. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very, it, you can tell it's made to sell toys. Okay, fine. Cool. But with Batman Begins, you look at that movie and, again, they take enough inspiration from the comic books that it's still very much engrossed in why Batman is the way he is. And it's very much his genesis. True. Right, so you bring up the, the the scene with Pattinson where he's got his wingsuit, flies, gets hit, eats yeah. shit. There's that same scene at a lower level, but that same scene is in Batman Begins when he is investigating the apartment complex where Scarecrow's pushing the drugs through. They, he gets set on fire. He jumps out, rolls around, has to call Alfred to come <laughs> get him. That is a very much year one like starting out Batman moment mm-hmm. where Alfred has to bail him out. Yeah. Like that's, was Batman in that movie more of like an investigator though? Because in this Batman, it seemed like he's more. Of yeah, like exactly. A cop. So that's it like so, a cop. so that's my so that's my criticism of the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. They do investigative things sometimes, but it doesn't feel earned. It doesn't feel like he's actually doing investigative work. It feels like he got tech from his company and then pressed the button and it did the thing. That's it's a not, fair point. You know what I mean? So like, and then so the reason why I love Batman Begins so much is because they get. Like Bruce Wayne, because he, so Christian Bale got that role because of American Psycho. Yeah. Great movie. And you've seen American Psycho, right? Okay. So for people who haven't seen that, he's basically this Wall Street yuppie who kills people at night and the duality of it got him Batman. And what was so cool about his, about his version of Bruce Wayne, which is why I loved Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne. We didn't see him too much, but why, why I loved both of those Bruce Waynes is he's, he's there. Like he shows up, but he's an alien. He's kind of looking around, like, "Why am I here? I needed there. My time is better spent other places, mm. right?" And then, really, that that back half of the movie where Rachel Ghoul comes back and Scarecrow—they release the the talks and like that's a lot of good Batman in, imagery there. But I just think the way that story is structured, it really shows you why Bruce Wayne chooses this every day, mm-hmm. right? But you get into the Dark Knight. That's not even a Batman movie. It's a Joker movie. True. So fair. It's a Joker movie. What a good Joker. It's movie. it's a good Joker the movie. Best yeah. Joker movie. It's yeah. out of out of the trilogy. It's the best made movie, uh-huh. without a doubt. Sure. And the story is tight, and the uh, the performance by Heath Ledger is amazing. Perfect. Like there's just a not iconic. I it, wish I could have seen what he would have done. Yeah, it's great. I well, wish. well, what's funny is. The original plan for The Dark Knight Rises was to bring Heath Ledger back and they were going to adapt The Killing Joke. But he died. But he died. Yeah. So. Rip. Yeah. So that movie's great, but Batman really doesn't do a whole lot. He's just kind of there. Fair. 
He doesn't do a whole lot. He kind of just exists. And there's a couple of good investigative moments, but you do, I never really get the impression from the Dark Knight trilogy that, because I'm not even going to talk about Dark Knight Rises. That movie's a mess. Yeah, but, that's what I thought too. Yeah, the movie's a mess. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I love Batman, but I can only use the excuse because he's Batman so many times. Yeah. Like, that movie's a mess. That was a lot of action in that movie. <laughs> which, is, which is fine, yeah. but like, I mean, he... It, it, there's problems in that movie, but in the Dark Knight, my focus, like Batman, is the least important part of that movie and the least interesting part. Mm -hmm. And I hated his suit. You want to talk about a cop? <laughs> Christian Bale's suit in the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises is like the SWAT team got a little bonus in their <laughs> in their yearly budget. Yeah. He looks horrible I as just Batman. Love the, the like the training scenes in Batman Begins. Batman Begins. And Liam Neeson's. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. just cool and everything. So. He's great. Oh, he's phenomenal. But then you look at Pattinson, right? Me read or me watching that movie was like reading an old school 1970s Dennis O'Neill comic book okay. where it's classic detective Batman. I remember going to that movie because I had heard that he was very much the detect the world's greatest detective. He was more learning than he was fighting. And my whole thing was like I want to see Batman with a flashlight. I've never seen that in a movie. I'll probably never see it, but that's what I want out of this movie. And what do we get? We get Batman with a fucking flashlight. That's so a comic, and that, comic, that's a comic thing? That was perfect for that you That made me so happy. But that's cool. My, my criticism with that movie, though, is they couldn't commit to what kind of Batman. Is he the beginner or is he an expert? Because there are times in that movie where he's a, it looks like he's a seasoned version of Batman where he knows what's going on, but then... You know, he has a garbage bag attached to his yeah. suit and he gets and he flies and hits the bridge. And I have two criticisms with that movie. Oh, and the Riddler sucked. The yeah. Riddler was, was horrible. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to go through here, it's right next to the stairs. I've got I've got two criticisms with it. Yeah. And I want to see if you understand what I'm saying or if you just think I'm if, if it's totally <laughs> false. Okay. No. Yeah. Go ahead. Because you're you know more about Batman than I do. So my two things that I thought were strange was. You know, in a traditional story, you have like your rising action, your climax, falling action, conclusion, right? Yeah. To me, it felt like this Batman movie with Pattinson had like five rising action climaxes and it would just never fucking resolve. I feel like it kept, you kept thinking it was the end and he's, it was about to be over and it was like the grand finale. And then it was like another fucking 45 minutes went by. And so, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then there's another big old climax. I agree. Okay. I agree. Okay. 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 Did you have a second one? I just thought Robert Pattinson was kind of too of too much of an emo Batman. Okay, that's that, fair. That's all. So that's fair. And that's one of the things that I, I don't know if I like it, but I commend them for doing it. And the reason why I say that, because they committed to it. Right. Right. They committed to the idea that this Bruce Wayne in his infancy of being Batman has lost it. He's lost his mind. Right. He's so clearly obsessed and he's so clearly just enthralled with being this um otherworldly being mm -hmm. and he what i loved about it in the beginning is when they open up with the voiceover mm -hmm. and he's like it's like year two of doing this i don't know if what i'm doing is actually working mm -hmm. i've become a like a creature of the night my days turn into nights my nights turn into days i've lost all sense of time i you know all these different things and he he hates being Bruce Wayne. It's right. so obvious how much he hates being Bruce Wayne. Right. Which I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, does it lean a little bit too much into 
you know, because still, and, and what I hope is that this criticism, because I still have it, is I would like to see, because they're going to make a second one, they're going to make a third one. There's no way they don't. Right. What I would like to see in the following movies is he grows into being Bruce Wayne so that we can look back at the first one and say, okay. You there's can see a, the character arc. Yes. There's a right. reason they did that. Absolutely. There's a reason that he acted this way. And I think, I actually think the first 65% of that movie was awesome. So, okay. I, mean, I just felt like I got right. bored. They drug it right. out. Right. Like, so back, back to that criticism you had of like, you thought it was over and there's an extra 30 minutes of a, so. We're on um, Batman. Or so, more. Yeah. We're still on Batman. So, so that's, so that's what I call. Um, decision by studio. That's what happens yeah. when a studio comes in and says, no, we need a big theatrical CGI filled climax. And obviously the director, Matt Reeves was like, I mean, it's dumb, but fine. Because out of nowhere, we got a plot line of breaking levees yeah, out of I'm nowhere, out of nowhere. We got this, the Riddler has rigged these vans to explode. Yeah. And out of nowhere, we have this giant moment where Gotham gets flooded. Well, cause Gotham getting flooded is actually that's, that's in the comics a couple of times, Oh, but didn't know that. yeah, it, okay. it happens. Like it happens once with the Riddler in year zero. It happens once, um, as a, what was it? It was the result of a earthquake, which caused, which was cataclysm, and then it caused um, no man's land, and then Aquaman actually flooded Gotham. Um, <laughs> Didn't know that either. With, yeah, he flooded Gotham and Metropolis mm. with uh, the invasion of Atlantis when they did the New Fifty Two stuff. Um, but. Them adding all that to the end was a studio thing that I didn't like. I thought it was dumb as hell. Okay. And so you kind of feel me on that. Well, yeah. And then, and then how do they wrap that up? Right. It's like, okay, so then they have to explain the vans. Then they have to explain the explosives. They have to explain how they know about the lev the levees being the broken. People that came on as the shooters. Exactly. Yeah. So now they're like, okay, there's a bunch of angry 4chan Reddit people who love the Riddler, yeah, and then they're that's gonna. What I mean. And I'm like, what? Convoluted. They also made that more of like an active shooter kind of Exactly. Thing. I didn't like yeah, that. Go ahead. I go ahead. Really like and that. yeah, so they make it a uh, like a mass shooting. It was yeah, a mass shooting. They make it a mass shooting. Do they do that in the comics? Is that an old school thing, or is that something that? No, that was new? a completely new. That whole version of the Riddler was so foreign to who the yeah. Riddler really is. Like, did the guy tell riddles? Yes. Did he do? maniacal things yes but again what we were just talking about that last 30 minutes was the studio demanding a big explosive ending and yeah. then it was the director and screenwriters being like this is gonna suck yeah. like this is gonna suck but we they want it we have to do it and it's it's shitty that it turned out that way you um, know what's better than batman though is spider-man and what we were There's talking an about for that. And, and we were actually gonna we were trying to talk Nick into being the you know the wrestler in the very first Spider-Man played by the Macho one, Man Randy yeah, Savage yeah he's all, he's all uh, what does he say he's all, I got uh, you for three <laughs> minutes so, you ain't going nowhere <laughs> Nick does a perfect voice of that we were trying to get him to do that that's and great that he, we were talking about it he's that same character from South Park the, <laughs> <laughs> it, that's the exact same character he's all <laughs> you think you're woman enough <laughs> Woman enough to beat me? Yeah. <laughs> that is Nick in in a in a bombshell right there. 
That's we gotta hilarious. get Nick to do that. That's hilarious. <laughs> but um, no, dude. Oh, that yeah, we were all Batman for Halloween. Tell yeah, me. no, but I was telling how Nick would be the perfect, uh, the one, the wrestler from Spider Man, the Macho Man, oh, Randy Savage. I got you for three minutes. <laughs> that would be nice. three minutes of release time. That's true. That would be a good. But yeah, role. so I agree with you that the end of the Batman was a mess. Um. But I enjoyed Pattinson. I hope they do well. I hated his suit. I don't like it when Batman's armored up. Just in the same way I like it when Spider-Man yeah. gets armored up. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. Right. But yes, Ben Affleck is the best. I, he is the best Batman. And that's a whole other argument that... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just For me, what was so good about Ben Affleck was he didn't have a whole lot of time to do it. He never got his solo movie, sadly. But he showed what a weathered Batman looks like. We haven't seen that yet in live action. But it's like, what does the trauma of being Batman look like? What does it look like when you do this for 20 years, you lose a Robin, and you're, maybe his Batcave at one point was grand and spectacular, but now it's minimalist. Right. And now you have to deal with an alien coming down. Now yeah. you have to deal with, okay, I have to put a Justice League together, and now I have to, you know, do all these things. Um, but dude, Spider-Man has gotten the treatment of a lifetime with it's, that. It's getting drained out a little bit. <laughs> dude, No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. is one of the best comic movies ever made. And that's just, that's, there's not an argument. And that, this comes back to last time where I haven't seen it yet. I know. Uh, yeah. You bitch. I know, yeah, I know. you have, it's, it's beautiful. And there's like, cause me, my first movie in the theaters was Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah, oh, okay. Spider-Man 1. And I saw that three times mm -hmm. in the theaters because I begged and pleaded. Mm -hmm. And I saw it once in the regular theaters and twice in the dollar theaters. We still had a dollar theater here. Yeah, I love the dollar theater. Yeah, yes. I wish. I wish we had one. Well, we have, do we have any more? No, no dude. Closed down. Uh, Cinemark, movies west. In, went, in, went inflation, bro. No, it went out of business. Because <laughs> they, they closed everything down and just like we were talking about earlier. small. It, it was a small business. Yeah, it was. And um, you know, Spider-Man has gotten the treatment of a lifetime with. Because I don't like what they did with Tom Holland too much in the first two movies. Yeah, that's right. But. Man, okay. no way home knocked it out of the fucking park. Dude, I thought of something while I was in the bathroom okay. that you were saying earlier. Not to flip the script on superhero No, no, go ahead. Stuff. No, no, no. I'd like to step away. Go ahead. Um, you know how you were talking about on some of your podcasts how, like, it's easy to get into, like, the dark things about Albuquerque? Yeah. How, like, crime, drugs, whatever's going on. I think, like, when we talk about this, too, like, after live shows. Yeah. That I feel like we're trying to be the anti of that. Like, well, you we're are. Trying no, to you're bring not. Good vibes. You're not trying. Exactly. You are actively doing it. Yeah. You can only try for How so. How else do you do it? You can right. try for so long at something until you start actually doing it. You guys are doing it. Cool. No, like you're you're. And I saw that that night at Marvel. Sweet. Like, because because and that's why I had um her name is Ashley. I had her on a couple weeks ago. I saw and, that one. Yeah, and she's a social media person here. Right. Puts on a lot of events, coordinates things, a sponsor, yada, yada. Um, great person. But the reason I had her on was because I looked at her page, and I was like, you paint Albuquerque in such a positive beautiful light. light, a positive light. Yeah. Why? Like, Because like, it's not right. as much. It well, could be. Well, because it's, well, it's not. Because it's not. And why, like, why do you choose to do that? What keeps you doing it? We had a really good conversation about that. Yep. At least I think. Yeah, you did. And thank you. And, but I agree. Like you, this is not, this is one of the worst cities to be in. Not yeah. just like as a, oh, I hate where I live, but like statistically speaking. Yeah, for real. Well, like I said, what's there to do? Exactly. exactly. Drink. Exactly. Drink, do drugs exactly. and 
you commit crime. Yeah. It's sadly, right? Right. So, but no, when you have, because you can have your garage bands all you want, but when you have bands that what you guys decided, mm -hmm. and I think that's, that is honestly one of my favorite moments of this podcast is when you, and, and that's how I know that all you guys interact well together is because you and Zach had, a, obviously don't anymore, but you guys had a very different opinion on the band when he first got when you guys first started doing absolutely. this absolutely yeah. yes sir and the fact that you guys came to the conclusion of no we are going to do this yeah well that's right. the other thing is we never i would say toby was the big turning point of the band honestly because when he came in i'm blushing now it, it really is because until he came in we did not like know what to do or I guess have the inspiration to do it because like because there's no one else to do it. I mean, who here do you know that has made it out? Well, that's 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 the thing is that that's actually what I was gonna say. And this is a side note. What I think it's funny is because obviously now this is the second person saying how pivotal you were. No, the third, no fourth, because Nick and Leroy said it too. Yeah. So now you've got most of your band saying how integral you were. Mm -hmm. And we brought up your sister last time, how mm -hmm. she's gone off and she's done great things on TikTok. She she was on like the James Corden thing, yeah, that all that stuff. So I it maybe it's a better question for the both of you sitting together, but like I wonder if that's a thread. Like how much of that is there where it's like people who are either in the same family tree or people who like not even that but like cohabitate for together for so long as you obviously grew up together brother mm -hmm. and sister yeah we're close you have that initiative that drive to like how much is that environment yeah and how much of that is bloodline well uh, and that's the other thing is like before we met toby i mean when i first met him you before know what I'm he to was say? in a yeah, band yeah, I hear you. he had the drive i mean he's working on uh duplexes he's fucking doing yeah. all this shit to better his future whether it's a band or not you know and so that's why i said he, last time like, okay so you're gonna be a millionaire no <laughs> exactly. okay, yeah, so he brought that whole drive to the band basically yeah. because the band had no drive we were like we're gonna try it but we had no real See, direction and, and that's and important totally that. that is so important to self-analyze like that yeah. like that's a skill not a lot of people have and if i firmly believe that if you're gonna be a creative person if you're gonna be an artist of no matter what the fuck you're doing if you're saying stupid shit into a microphone or you're making music yeah or right? anything you need to be able to self-analyze like okay what what do i want out of this mm -hmm. where am i going to take this right. and so originally you know where, where i wanted to go with this was you can have your garage bands all you want yeah. but then you're gonna have the couple they're like no we want to actually put time and effort and energy and more important than that like again, sitting down with most of you guys now, um, you guys all recognize that it's hard. Yeah, all of you do. Right. That yeah. it's like we have nine to five jobs. Mm -hmm. We have uh, personal lives with girlfriends or family or friends. Yep. So we get done doing eight to twelve hour shifts, and then we go to band practice, yep. and we attempt to turn the switch back on. Yeah. And then practice for what's eventually going to break us out of whatever we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. That's a great so, way to put it. Yep. And so now in Albuquerque, you know, you need, you need people like you guys who are, who have a dream. You have to, obviously you have to be good at it. Cause yeah. I'm not going to like the average <laughs> person <laughs> myself, you know, we're not going to spend money on shit. We don't want to go see or for enjoy. Sure, right. Sure. So you have to be good at it. And then you have to actually go out and do it. Yeah. Because, because I think this was a, uh, uh, Khabib, uh, Nurmagomedov, if you know who that is. The fighter? Yeah, the fighter, mm -hmm. yeah. He said this in one of his interviews. He was like, there are so many talented people mm -hmm. who are just lazy. Yeah. Because they take their talent, they're they're just, they're naturally good at something, and they're like, okay, I don't have to work hard. Yeah, and Great. I think I don't give a fuck about talent. I'm like, 
who's are we gonna do it or are we gonna put well, it in the and that's the other not? thing is, is zach opened me up to this a lot is when we very first started the band he was like yeah you could sing but like do you want to fucking do this you know and i was like yeah i guess i do and there's there's also how many people can you know there's a million people on the planet that could sing really well you know but how many of those people can go on stage and perform and how many of those can write a good song or even that you know, even not so many that, people that can do that. those people will dedicate however many hours a week to practicing writing going to the studio playing shows you know what i mean it's a sacrifice yeah i think for me the reason that i had this attitude towards these guys was because i was the outsider looking in bro like these guys were already a band they were playing you know what i mean and it's kind of crazy how it happened um, I had broken up with my girlfriend. She had broken up with me. Just because me. <laughs> Before he honest. gets bitched at. You, you saw, you saw that, that like, Apple spin wheel go. Yeah. It was like, wait, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. This is going to bite me in the ass. Well, she broke up with me, and I was like, I need to like fill my time with productive things, right? So I'm like, I need, I want, I've always wanted to learn guitar. I'm going to start learning guitar. Yeah. And like spending time doing it, right? So I start learning guitar. A month or two later, dude, I see an Instagram post from the slums yeah. oh we're playing at Launchpad new year's eve i'm like all right i got nothing to do i'm gonna go support these guys and yeah. it was nothing like i want to be in the band nothing i didn't even like you guys didn't have any music out yet yeah. Yeah. i was like i'm gonna take a couple shots get an uber go watch these guys at Launchpad. you know because i know i know them i went there i had the fucking time of my life they were going crazy and like the band was raw still like and what what time what like year was this this was beginning of 2020 okay oh yeah this was january 2020 new year's eve 2020 or new year's day 2020 launch pad so i uber down by myself oh, I, so this is before all the bullshit started yeah okay this was right before everything shut down and it's yeah. funny too because nick obviously wasn't in the band neither was i and i had no intentions of being in the band i just text but i text nick because i've known nick he for did. 10 years i said <laughs> hey nick come come with me to launch pad to see these be- these guys play that we went to school with he was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Fuck. They're trash. Yeah. They're trash. That's like classic Nick. So I, uh, I take a couple shots and I Uber down to Launchpad. And I'm not expecting like anything crazy, to be honest. I was expecting just like kind of an awkward show, to be honest. You know what I mean? Because like you don't, it's like local band shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. They put on a fucking show. And like I didn't even know they wrote originals yet. I thought their originals, they played a couple originals. I thought they were covers. People were going crazy. That was the show where... Um, Zach was getting his head shaved on stage while he was playing. We the used bass. to do That's a lot footage. of like, You've seen that, right? Yeah. Leroy jumped in the crowd and swing danced with some girl during um, his mom. His mom during the song, <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? Like these guys are fucking having fun. They're putting on a show. People are like enjoying this. And I was drunk by like the end of the show and having a fucking great time. And I walk up, yeah, I walk up to all of these guys, and I was like, just drunk. And I was like, hey. I want to play guitar in, in your band. I'm learning guitar, all this stuff. I told all of them that. <laughs> and like months went by and like nothing. And then I like just keep practicing well, guitar. Because he would keep hitting me and Leroy up. Yeah. Like, I was like, I want in. This is sick. Oh, yeah, take pride in that. Yeah. I was yeah, like, take I want pride in. in that. I yeah. believe, well, because I believed in them for real. That's yeah. all it was. Like, to be fair, at that stage in your guys' band career, there was like no like oh these guys might make it oh like, yeah no it was great. all like they had a chance it was all there's potential I just thought know? it was fun and I was like that looks fun I want to be a part of that and I want like because I always loved music I was making beats whatever yeah. Leroy texted me one day and he was like come to practice so I come to practice and I'm trying to play with these guys and I was like well they're actually a lot better than I thought because <laughs> like I just knew like power yeah, chords yeah just and power stuff. chords yeah and so like I'm playing with them. 
So nothing happens after that because it wasn't that great. And so I go home, keep practicing guitar, and they keep and uh, then you guys released the Sundress EP. Oh yeah. And so like I heard Sundress and and um, the other two songs, Sorry, Lean Against Me, and then you guys released Drugs I Took in Morning Sun, and I was like, damn. Even though these aren't like what you would consider like great iconic songs for a band that early in their career to make songs like that. Like that, this is good. It was good. I was like, this is for early stage band. This is fucking good. So like you, you, you saw the potential. I saw potential. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to help. You know what I mean? And so. And what, it was crazy because like for the longest time, it really was Toby like begging to be in the band. <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> would, like hit up me and Toby, uh, me and Leroy and be like, yo. When's practice? Like, when can I go to practice? And uh, yeah, he'd, he come to practice. he'd come to practice a few times, and we'd jam. It'd be all right. And then, like, once he'd leave, we would, like, talk about some shit and be like, should we put him in the band? You know, like, yeah. is, is it going to work out? And uh, and then, like, a couple of things that we talked about, we are like, Toby's a good-looking guy. He's going to bring girls. And we're like, that's <laughs> not a selling point. <laughs> it's like, but it kind of is. And, well, uh, well, and so we were like, Toby has to get better at guitar. Like and he knew that yeah so but I was like, grinding yeah, exactly so we knew that he was gonna get better and we knew I don't think we knew that we, he had like the drive because when we got Toby we got a guitar player but we also got a manager so we got a manager who knows kind of what he's doing we got Nick who's security yeah <laughs> we got <laughs> well, what, what we got Nicole if anyone gets past Nick then they gotta got get Nicole. through James and, and then Nicole. Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Mortal Kombat bosses. There's so many people that uh, they have to go through. But what get happened to was I was making beats at home. And I would send these like instrumentals to Nevin. Like on Snapchat yeah. and Leroy. And I'd be like, because like, I had this like, little home studio setup. It was just a laptop and interface. It's like, what kind of what we got now? Yeah. But I was just like sending Snapchats to Nevin. Like, I'm working on this song. Working on this song. And like, Nevin and I love to write songs together. Yeah. We collaborate all the time. So like Nevin would be like, well, let me come over and like lay down the demo I'm working on. I'm like, sweet. So like Nevin would come over to the apartment yeah. and we would like, like in my head that we wrote in my head at his apartment. Yeah. Before I was in the yeah. band, we wrote a couple songs, slum songs before I was in the band, like at the apartment on the laptop playing like, no plugging in the guitar. shit. Yeah. It started like that. It started like more like I was like recording Nevin's demos and like adding to it and we were collaborating and writing songs. And then it was eventually like. Just bring it to the band, and then it was a song, you know? Yeah, and then they actually had me over for another practice, and I was, it was like eight, nine months later, so I was a lot better now. So... And they were like, you want to do this with us? And I was like, fuck, yeah. Well, also, at that time, I was playing guitar. So it was like nice to like get me off of it, and like, I could kind of focus Be on a front being like a front man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was kind of nice having Toby there for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I can kind of focus on all the frontman stuff. So there's a, there's a couple things I want to ask you guys before we close out. Um, so for you yeah. coming into the band and you're being persistent, you're, you know, you're doing what we just, what you just laid out. Do you feel like that when it's like, okay, yes, you can come to practice. You can start doing your thing. Do you feel like there's a lot for you to prove before, sure. before you could even say like, Hey, I want to take this to the next level. Like even just, but yeah, like prove yourself. Do you feel like there's a lot of that to do? Absolutely. And I felt like, I had to. I, I feel like I had to prove myself at those practices, so I learned their songs ahead yeah. of time. So like when I came to rehearse, it wasn't like, oh, teach me your guys' songs. Like I was like, okay, let's play Drugs I Took, let's play fucking HGA. You know what Good I mean? So I could play shit. with them, and that's when they. That's when I think Zach and Johnny were more like, oh, okay, he he can play the like songs. Like he's serious. Yeah, and he, that like goes with his drive. He kind of already knows that shit. You yeah, know? and then after that, 
it was like, I told Nick this too when I was recruiting Nick in the band. I was like, dude, you know how busy I am. I was like, if I didn't believe in this shit, I would not be putting my time here. I was like, I really think this could be something someday if we work hard, you know? And that kind of sold Nick because wow. Nick wasn't down either. He was just, he liked to play drums for fun. It yeah. wasn't like a band thing, you know? And then, but right away, like right when I joined the band, Nevin and I would do studio sessions at my apartment, like, Couple yeah, times with a week. like with all night long, one of our last songs, like he he just like came up with that riff and then he basically like, sent it to the chat. Yeah, and as soon and as all, I heard it, all I night was long like, is one of you guys' best songs. Oh yeah, thank you. By Appreciate the way, it. I I yeah, that's a good song. We love. Yeah. We, I think we collectively love that song, which yeah. is a good feeling. But as soon as like I heard him play that riff, I was like, oh yeah, that's something. And we and wrote in a matter of a couple months. We wrote. Nevin and I were in the apartment, and we came up with the ideas for like all night long in my head lips. Um, drive Johnny came up with the courts for driving then we finished writing driving in the apartment like we just yeah. were on like a writing role and we're like okay the two of us together have just like a a songwriting collaboration yeah. like we always compare ourselves to the Beatles a little bit yeah so <laughs> Lennon and McCartney so, <laughs> so yeah so what is because I've always been curious about this what is like like what what do you what's the process you guys go through when it comes to specifically lyric writing yeah. Um, what, is, what is that? What does that what look like? Is, does it come from like? Does it come from experiences? Does it come from something you saw? Does it come from like where? Where does where do where does that lyrical process yeah. begin? So, I think me and Leroy mainly might write all the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, at least from my part, I've never actually written anything that's like, um, like so true to the heart. A lot of it is more of like fictional writing, you know, of like I picture myself there, but I'm I haven't lived it. But it's like, you know, kind of like writing a book. Like Angels is a breakup song, but I've never, like, I didn't go through that breakup at all. But if you listen to that song, it's like, yeah, he's kind of going through a breakup, but it's nothing like that. I think, literally, I got drunk that day and I was like, I just Okay, yeah. So you you took a depressant and got sad and wrote a song. Exactly. And it's crazy because, like, I, I think to me, like, I think about this every day. I think the writing process of being in a band, like writing original songs, is the most magical part of all of this. Like, playing live shows is an adrenaline rush and it's a high, but writing songs is like magic because it yeah. just falls together. So weird. So, like, one time before I was in the band, I was at a party at Emily's house with oh, yeah. Nevin. We were drunk. There was an acoustic guitar there. We sat in the back for like three hours while people were partying. And we were, you were showing me the original version of In My Head. Yeah, yeah. And then we ended, up, we ended up changing it a lot before the final song. But like the way thing, these songs come together is crazy. Like a lot of times, a lot of the songs we've made, it come, like I'll make an idea on guitar and I'll record it on my laptop. So I'll write the instrumental track, parts of it, like the chorus, a riff, something like that, a verse and a chorus. I'll send it to the group. And then Nevin will be like, oh, I have a melody idea for that. He'll come over, record a melody, and he's just like humming words, like humming noises, but not saying any lyrics yet. And then like sometimes Nevin comes back with all the lyrics or we sit there and we fuck with lyrics on, on sticky notes and like yeah. write it out and then like take it to practice. And then at that point, it evolves with Nick and Leroy figuring out the drums and then Zach figuring out the bass. And then by the end, it's a complete song, but... It's just wow. like so weird to me every yeah. time. It's different every time. I'd love to be on a fly in the wall for that. Because a lot of that, what I like about you guys' explanations for this process, yeah, not a lot of it is tangible. Mm-mm. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. There's no... Which is why it's magical to me. Yeah. There's no real like you do da-da and then there's ba-bang yeah. and then there's boom. Right. No, there's a lot of humanity yeah going on we've gone through a bunch of different like writing processes so many like before it'd be like like with sundress like the very first song that we wrote 
um like a lot of that song i kind of like i wrote the chords and like most of the lyrics and i kind of basically brought it to the band and that was like one of the first ones that we kind of worked on um but now it's more of like we're trying to make it at like with the drums the bass kind of like with everybody there and get everyone's input and kind of build the song from there so we're kind of just messing around with different kind of ways to build the song and kind of write it so and that's what kind of makes it really cool to me too is like one of us comes up with an idea and we record it on the computer, like a little demo, right? Yeah. And we send it to the band. Like, okay, cool. You wrote the idea that starts the song, the seed. But it's not a slum song until everyone gets in there and puts their riffs and input and changes. And then by the time you get to the studio and then Kenny adds stuff, then it's like a song, like it's a slum song. You know what I mean? Like we come up with these ideas and it's like a magical feeling because you're like, I hope the band loves this. You know what I mean? And you send it, think it's going to be good. And then it just like, build so naturally sometimes and it's just weird to me it's that's like unexplainable awesome, that's awesome it's cool i like it and i think one of the main like one of the main starting points at least for me and johnny was when we were because we, we lived in australia for about seven months and we went to this place called nimbin and it's a uh, it's, it's mardi gras is what they call it but it's basically basically like a weekend festival and so we flew from sydney to well, so so he flew first from Sydney to uh, like Gold Coast, whatever, and then you have to take from from the airport a bus like forty minutes to this town, and then another bus like half hour to this to this Nimbin place. And uh, so Johnny flew out like halfway through the day, made it all the way there, and he like got there no problem. I fucking flew out on like the last flight possible, and so I get to this airport, and there's no bus to the next town. So I'm like, fuck. And uh, so I'm like just walking and I'm like, all right, what am I going to fucking do? There's like, there's no cell service. I don't know anyone in a fucking thousand miles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck, dude. And, what the fuck? That's crazy. So this is like one of the most, like one of the most loneliest times I've ever felt. And I'm just like walking and I'm like, all right, I know where I got to go. I just don't know how I'm going to get there. <laughs> so I keep walking, eventually catch a bus, eventually get a bus to the, to the spot I'm trying to get to, to the next town where the bus is supposed to take us to. Um, so I get to the spot. There's no more buses going to this town because it's like 6 p.m. by now. And uh, so so at this point, I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? I could either walk because it's, it's a 30-minute drive or a six-hour walk. And I'm like, well, I'm either going to sleep here on the bench all night long or I'm going to start walking. So I start walking on this like six-hour trip. And it's through like the mountains, like no Fuck light that. at all, just starlight. I'm just fucking, there's only one road, so I can't really get lost. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just walking on this thing and I'm trying to hitchhike, right? Because there's only one road. I'm like, anyone on this road's got to be I'm just imagining this place. dude mm. with a suitcase. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not rolling properly. It's bumping on rocks. That's kind of what I'm picturing It's kicking things yeah. around. He's punting a lizard this way. <laughs> he's already boxed a kangaroo. Yeah. And he's just going like this the whole time. Yeah. Please pick me up. <laughs> I don't think I had a suitcase, but I had a couple of backpacks. <laughs> and so just the whole time, there had to be like fucking 60 cars that go by. And I'm just trying to fucking hitchhike. And I know the stories of hitchhiking. And I'm like, I just got to fucking risk it. You know I I gotta get there otherwise it's gonna be another three hours of walking and so like there's like a couple times where I like kind of jog for like 10 minutes singing songs whatever trying to pass the time <laughs> and picture <laughs> you like a hobbit barefoot That's walking through the shower I, <laughs> I was walking and I was like nope gotta start running <laughs> this motherfucker's like, going to motor bro <laughs> any, anytime exactly. anxiety came That's over me <laughs> and so like it's gotta be probably 10pm by now and I've been walking for like two hours and finally someone like pulls over and uh, I like walk up to him, I'm like, yo, you going to Nimbin or whatever? <laughs> and they're like, 
yeah and i'm like i i think i trust you <laughs> so i get it it's this girl she's like i don't know mid-30s whatever she ends up actually going to the place there was still another probably 15 minute drive and we get to the spot it's probably like 11 at night and it's just camping right so i'm meeting up with johnny and there's no cell service no nothing so i just just set up my tent i have to find him the next morning and so this Nimmin place it's like known for being a uh basically like a place where you go if you're wanted or <laughs> of course if you're if you broke the law a little bit yeah, this is so a place. for for you history buffs out there um there are two places the Nazis went after the <laughs> Nuremberg trials. South America <laughs> and, and there you go. <clears throat> <laughs> Continue. Yep. And so Nimbin is a super small town, one street going through the whole town. And uh, you camp there. You kind of camp a little off of it. And uh, it's like this two, three-day event of just weed smoking. And you're just going all day long, rolling up. And <laughs> me and Johnny try to do this barefoot thing. We try to be barefoot for like fucking three days, walking on asphalt and shit. <laughs> I couldn't fucking do that it shit. It does not work for nope. Americans. <laughs> no, we're not that rigged. That is an Amish rigged. thing. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, so how did you meet up with Johnny? So the next morning I ended up finding him uh, <laughs> in like this fucking, there's probably, I don't know, 800 people camping. So just basically just walking through the town. I ended up finding this guy. And uh, there's just, again, one street through this whole town. There's maybe... I don't know, 20 shops and like a little park. Every single day we'd like wake up, roll a J, go down to this little like cafe place, have some like coffee, breakfast, and there's this little stage set up. And I feel like that's where the whole musical inspiration kind of started is because there would be random people just going up. And there's instruments just there. Not, no one's instruments, just Nimbin's instruments <laughs> there for the stage. And people just go up there and just shred. Just play whatever they want. And it was very psychedelic because a lot of people were tripping on balls. You know? <laughs> tripping on balls. Tripping huh? balls. But it was fucking awesome. I mean, that whole time. At that point, we weren't really into like psychedelics and uh, we would smoke and stuff like that. But not a whole lot of uh, the crazy stuff that a lot of the other people were doing. See what I mean yeah. by things aligning magically, though? <laughs> What's yeah. the fucking odds of that? And then the odds of me showing up at Launchpad one night. And yeah, like, like of... I know, I know Johnny didn't want to come on, and all respect to him because, yeah, I know it's not for everybody. But I would love, I'd love to go to a, next time I go to a show. Yeah. I'm pulling him aside. Yeah, and I'm saying, hey man, I need, the, I need your side of this story. I think Johnny would be a great podcast. That's guest. a beautiful yeah. story. He was just a little scared. <laughs> ah, yeah. No, that's fair. Out of town this week. But... No, no, and that's and that's fair, dude. Yeah. Again, genuinely, no shade, but that is a. That's a beautiful story. It's evolved yeah, like so much from there. Started. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that's like seems like a, so long ago. Yeah. And again, like he, we didn't know how to play anything there. He just None bought a guitar, anything. like from this dude who was just like it was no special guitar at all. He was just painting on it. And John was like, I like that, and he bought it. And that's how he, he learned how to play all of his first songs on that guitar. God, you know, talk about things ending up the way they need to. I even if I didn't want to call the podcast today like that's a beautiful note to end it on yeah that's a great story dude yeah holy that's crazy australia was something man if you ever get a chance to go no. <laughs> holy fuck i got a lot of, i got a lot of stuff to say about australia <laughs> i so, lived there for a long time <laughs> before we close out what do you guys have coming up do you have it, this this episode drops in like next friday okay so oh no i'm sorry this episode drops, yeah, next Friday. Okay. So do you guys have anything coming up? Yeah. Any songs coming out you want to talk about? 
We have a charity show at Launchpad on November 26th. Sweet. Yeah, that'll Sweet. be cool. And then um, we got a sister show on December 3rd, I believe. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then in the end of December, we're playing. Oh no, I'm sorry. In the beginning of January, we're doing a double header where we're going. Our Tucson show ended up getting canceled and rebooked. Rescheduled. Rescheduled. <laughs> so we're doing a Santa Fe Brewery, and then the next day we're going to be in Tucson. So that'll be our first out of okay, state. Okay, so your out of state is finally happening. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Fuck it got yeah. postponed. Awesome. <laughs> so no, it, it's awesome. going to happen, though, yeah. thankfully. Okay. Thank God. The nice Tucson weather, you know? Yeah, <laughs> in January. <laughs> but um, other than that, right now, like in the winter for us, is like creative time. So we, okay. like last night, we were in Zach's garage writing new songs. We, were, we basically started on four new songs yeah. at the same time, which was crazy. Like to write four new songs like at the same time was cool. Um, so we're going to be in the studio all winter and getting ready to release a bunch of stuff in 2023. Yeah, I feel like that's our main thing is like trying to come out with some new bangers. Yeah. Awesome. Probably write some good stuff. Good shit. Yes, well, sir. Yeah. Guys, this was a blast. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It was awesome. Thanks yeah, for, thank having for having us. Dude, yeah, it's, a, it's a pleasure. I have now gone through my entire series with the Slums of Harvard. Yes, my sir. First, my first series, series <laughs> on the right. podcast. That's cool. The trilogy. Yes. This kind is, of. This has been phenomenal. Uh, you guys are all, and this, me saying that to you guys only, this is to Nick, this is to Leroy, mm -hmm. this is to Johnny, this is to Zach. All you guys are phenomenally talented. Thank Thanks, you, sir. Appreciate you guys that are, you guys are doing it. Seriously, like there's not, like I can't wait. Everyone who knows me knows this and who knows this podcast long enough. Like I can't wait to leave Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to maintain that. I'm yeah. going to be honest. But like you guys give the city hope. Thanks. Like seriously, Thanks. on the creative, I really believe it. Like we were last time, we are in a artistic, a creative renaissance mm -hmm. right now where a lot of things are happening. There's a lot of bands. There's surprisingly a lot of podcasts coming out. Yeah. There's a lot of comedians happening right now. Right. There's filmmakers happening, actors, actresses. There's a lot of things in this city. And you guys, quite frankly, are at the forefront, in my opinion. Cool. Thank you. You that guys, you guys are at the forefront. Thank you. Don't stop. Yeah, right. man. Because if there's no hope for you guys, I'm like, oh, shit. We're, we're all, we're all getting it. along good again, so it's all good. Yes. We, we, we settled our beefs and good. got back to the love, so we're good. Good. Well, again, this has been a fucking pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you guys so much for doing this, coming on, and you guys are welcome back. And eat separate, together. Like, one of these days when I get my Spotify deal. Hell I'll yeah, have baby. My own studio and a big table and I've all six you guys at once. Oh, that'd be <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> so just, we'll be there, bro. Yeah. We will be there. Just remember me when you guys are millionaires. Yes, so. dude, remember us too. <laughs> Name right. the time and place. Yes, sir. Well, we'll thank you guys. Cool, million man. dollar Spotify deal. This thank was you. a fucking pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for listening and watching and we'll see you next time. Right Bye, on. everybody. Later. <laughs>